Hey, it's Turtles with Barley. He's Bill. I'm Daniel. We're going to fill our pop culture holes with stuff we've already filled our pop culture holes with. Because awful April's over still. And we're watching things we actually like. Yeah, I guess this is Marvelous May, I guess we can call it. Sure, yeah. we can call it that. Why not? We're talking about things that we have uh, loved and seen many times before, but we think are kind of underrated. And Or, or in this case, I, I, I really, I think I like it a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah. What happened? No, I do. <laughs> How no, is no, that I, indecisive? I, I do, but I think most people would be like, really? People that aren't you. Really? Would be like, really? Yeah, I don't know if it's as beloved as... Because the people who really seem to love this movie seem to really love this movie. And I could see being indifferent yeah. about it, but... Yeah, if you're aware of this movie enough to be like... It's... I I, you know, I always imagine this movie had a greater cult following than that. Than like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like people aren't crawling out of the woodwork to talk about how much... Maybe the furries but love I, it because okay. they want to fuck that, that unicorn, but... <laughs> um... Compared to God, our, we fucked fr- up the. I fucked up what the joke. Do. I had a whole joke prepared where I was gonna oh. joke about how, oh, this week we're talking about the 1987 cult anime smash, the prequel to the Transformers the movie, The Last Unicron, uh, mm, ja- you, Japanese language only. It. You goofed it. <laughs> I goofed it by admitting that I know this is about uh, the Last Unicorn. By when did this come out? Like 1980? Uh, 1982? It's early, yeah. It's it's, it's kind of like, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, you're, you're talking about your thoughts and feelings about this movie. Your history. Because this is your pick. Yeah, it was watched a metric book ton in my household growing up. Yeah. And, your sisters um, loved it? Because you said you have a bunch of sisters. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah, no, I um, liked it, yeah. It, it certainly beats the hell out of Lady Hawk for me. It is that kind of thing, the, though. If you're the, a boy watching this... Pathions of fantasy movies my sister's watched yeah it is one of those kind of things though if you're a little kid and you're watching the uh, the last unicorn and everyone else like they want to watch you know like fucking transformers the movie or something like that might be like oh, oh faggy baby wants to watch the last unicorn <laughs> yeah because like the sisters are watching it and you, you uh, want to watch it too like it's like one of those things if your sister's having a sleepover and they're watching last unicorn you're like i, I will hang out and watch it too because it's a good movie <laughs> At least that's my personal experience. Um, yeah. yeah. Last year, it was good. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I, I just don't know if, because we do love it. I just don't know if anybody else who came to it as an adult would like it. That's a good point, too. I never thought about that. That's before. more what I'm talking about. Well, and then you got the people like, who, who uh, have read the book, too. Um, my friend Joshin, he's a big Peter S. Beagle fan, the guy who wrote the original mm-hmm. novel, and who I didn't realize had a re- wrote the original screenplay for this too. So he was actually had a he was he was actually like really involved with the creation of this film version of his book, and um, um, yeah. So there's that crowd too, where either people who read the book before seeing this, or people who grew up with the the cartoon and read the book, and they love you know both of them in different ways. It sounds like the book. Is kind of like the Princess Bride, where it's good, but like in a kind of in some of the similar ways to the where the movie adaptation is kind of fun, but like even more so because the uh, Princess Bride book is all even takes the whole kind of meta narrative even to a greater extent, and it sounds like that even the I've never read the Prince or not the Princess Bride, the the, the Last Unicorn, but just from reading online, it sounds like. Uh, the the characters are even more aware that they're in a fairy tale, and they kind of comment on mm. that. Not, yeah. I guess, in a in the quite the wry way that they do it in the Princess Bride, but it's more of a kind of a sad lyrical way. 
Um, that's what I'm saying. I need to read the book, because I don't think it's a very long or anything, too. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking when I was watching it as well. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Right, Christmas, right. For Christmas, we'll get each other copies of The Last Unicorn. Yay! Yay! Um, have you watched any other i know i'm not counting clay animation any other animated rankin bass stuff um i mean all the specials the tv specials um wait did they clay oh yeah you're talking about the clay animation that's okay yeah um i just saw the hobbit for the first time like right before we started tardy the party which is kind of killing me okay um and what else did they do they did the lord of the rings <sighs> well they did the, like return of the king no, didn't uh, Ralph Bakshi Ralph, do like Ralph Bakshi did Return of the King? Um, oh, they did Lord of the what? They did essentially like Fellowship the, of the Ring or whatever. Yeah, they did the Fellowship. Um, yeah, I've never seen that then. Which it looks like it's Wait. a lot of the same character designs. It's like a lot of people with like crispy hands. Yes. Yeah. Do you do you know where that styles? Who that's based off of, or who the that main? is? Because uh, it's such a distinctive style. Yeah, it's well, you can totally tell that like. Well, I was looking at the credits after the end of The Last Unicorn today. I was kind of surprised to see that there was a, a Western character designer, because I know all the animators and everything were in Japan. Um, in fact, mm -hmm. a lot of the people who worked on this and The, the Hobbit and other the, the Franken-Bass's other 2D uh, movies and TV specials also wound up uh, uh, becoming part of Studio Ghibli. Um, in fact, actually, I think The Last Unicorn may be the last thing they did for Westerners before they decided to say, fuck it, we're just going to make stuff for ourselves, and they started working in Nausicaa, uh, Valley of the Wind, which is technically not a Studio Ghibli film, but it was essentially made by Studio Ghibli before they had decided to call themselves their own independent studio. Um, but, yeah, look, in the credits, there's a Western character designer who uh, I would assume must have been the character designer for at least The Hobbit, because... The, especially the way everyone's hands move and some of the costume designs and stuff kind of look similar to this as it does in The Hobbit. Um, especially yeah, the, the squat faces where people look like they're missing parts of their jaw. <laughs> exactly, and there's this very specific which Rankin Bass kind of does this anyway because like, if you go back and watch the Twas the Nightmare, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas Twas the Night Before Christmas holiday special by Rankin Bass. Uh, it shares a lot of, maybe not in the way of character design but way in the of how the characters move where they're constantly twisting their hands and always cocking their heads mm -hmm. side to side. Um, I think it's a very cheap way uh, that Rankin-Bass slash the Japanese animation studio would keep the characters alive without get having to animate them too much because then they can kind of have the characters rock the characters back and forth a little bit in terms of how their heads and hands are moving to kind of keep them alive without keeping them their whole bodies moving all the time. Uh, which I'm assuming is why they, they, they arrived at such a distinctive way to um, keep the characters moving. Uh, which, yeah, very. It's a little bit like. It's a little bit kind of like a stripped down version of the Don Bluth constantly twirling hands thing. Although, Don yeah. Bluth, he, like, those characters never stop moving. They're always just, like, twisting their hands and rolling their heads around. But, yeah, but this is a little bit more restricted than that but it's a slightly similar thing very expressive head and hand motions especially yeah the crispy hand like they love drawing all the folds and everything and everyone's hands a lot in these movies and everyone's got very yeah. sharp little doinky bits in the yeah. character designs like, in this shit like old archie comics where the hands were way more detailed than any part <laughs> really of the yeah you can tell whoever archie drew character. it like they were really into hands like yeah they, 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 they rather than get their dick sucked they rather get their thumb sucked i guess but 
I mean, hands are one of the hardest things to draw, so if you're going <laughs> to yeah. show, if you want to show off that you're a good artist and you're stuck drawing Archie, you're going to draw his hands yeah, like a Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most expressive parts of the body, too, so if you're going to lavish attention on that and, like, yeah, there's a ton of good, there's, they give good hand <laughs> in The Last Unicorn, definitely. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, best hand. But, yeah, what but else? The, the movies, the, 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 well, we'll just get in the movie. Uh, the movie starts with a multiplane camera tracking. Did Brinkin Bass have their own multiplane They must have camera? something, or at least the Japanese studio had... Well, I don't know if it was quite multiplane. They could have just been... Rather than, like, the Disney thing, where it was, like, this three-story tall glass thing, they may have just decided to, like, what if we just have a couple pieces of acetate and just kind of, like, move them against... Although, no, like, the second shot of the movie is, like, a tra- traveling... Yeah, they do is. Yeah, yeah, they, they may they, have... They travel through the forest and they do a zoom in as well. Yeah, so that's some actual depth. So they had something that was like the multiplane, because that, that's the famous thing that Disney had where, like, yeah, multiplane camera where it could have up to, like, 30 layers of painted glass stacked up on top of each other with, like, a couple, like, a good half foot or space, uh, half foot or so of space between the gra- glass planes to create that, you know, yeah, the, the, the illusion of depth. Well, not even illusion. At that point, it actually was the depth between the different layers of artwork. And yeah, I didn't realize how yeah multiplaney this whole opening is. Yeah, very much kind of like Man, the beginning could, of Bambi a little bit. You could make a pretty cool-looking flat 2D animated 3D feature with that. Yeah, really seriously. I mean, I'm assuming it must be really expensive, and just all the, uh, not just like monetarily expensive, but also just the time to paint all those separate background elements must be so time-consuming that like that's why you only see it for like establishing shots at the beginning of a film. Uh, at least films of this vintage, like 90, early, early 80s and everything before these, you know, CGI really happened. Where that could be done, you know, obviously you just CGI everything, but... Um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty, though. And it's all it's nice. Pretty. And, the, and the style of artworks are really nice. And um, That's one of the things, too, because the, the art design in this movie seems to be tweaked a little bit from what they did with... I'm assuming Return of the King was before this. Um, or that well, definitely the Hobbit was, but like they're going for a little more of a medieval thing in this. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very specifically because they're got, they have stuff that kind of ties into the medieval tapestry that becomes the whole um, opening credit sequence, which is one of my favorite parts of the film. But anyway, but yeah, stuff happens. But stuff happens. One sec, I got to bring the dog. No, the okay. dog's coming. But uh, while Daniel's away taking dogs away, I'm gonna freak out about the opening tapestry. Uh, credits to this movie because so fucking beautiful i know we're jumping ahead a little bit because there's a little bit of stuff that happens before uh the opening credits but like i just love that they did the whole medieval painting thing and and never mind it's getting gotten <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> i didn't have to talk about anything i thought i was gonna have to stop no. for a while uh no. i was just gonna forget about medieval tapestries for a while which is better that you stop oh me. you love those fucking tapestries oh yeah. god yes the tapestries we have to see yep. the tapestries so uh uh, two hunters talk about how they don't like to hunt in that forest because uh, there's a unicorn that makes the forest just fucking way too awesome. It never snows. Yeah. It's just so... You never step in any poop. It's just cool. Totally perfect forest. Turn- I guess there's just nothing that lives there that's worth hunting, though, because these guys, when they yeah. realize where they're at, they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. So they, they leave. Yep. Watching mm-hmm. this for the first time in a while, too, I was wondering if the main guy was Robin Hood. Because he looks mm. like a cartoon version of Robin Hood. He, I, I forgot that Robin Hood, quote-unquote, shows up later in the film and doesn't look anything like this. For a moment, I was like, well, it's a world of legend. Maybe it's one legend talking about another legend. 
But Ooh. yeah. But I love the hunters are all like, Oh, you know what a unicorn must love here? Let's blindly yell out to the unicorn, Stay here, the real world's a mess! Don't fuck up <laughs> by leaving this place, it's super cool! You don't have to pay rent, it's awesome! You're the last of your kind, somehow we know that. Yeah, which... The movie, this movie has to take a couple leaps of logic to get the plot moving, because yeah, if, if this yeah. unicorn lives all alone by itself in this idyllic place, how would it find out the news that everything else... That all the other unicorns are dead, so yeah, they they have to. Yeah. yeah. Is she is standing there being all the fuck with those knuckleheads talking about. <laughs> I'm the last unicorn. And then she looks to the sky where a hawk is flying, and one of the best non-Disney theme songs for an animated feature starts playing, if not the best. What are you animated. talking about? You think this is a good well, theme song? Know. No, it's garbage. We hate it. You, you think it's you're one of those assholes who think this is a good theme song? This bullshit fucking fucking I'm so sad oh. song. Man, when I was a kid, even before uh -huh. I really sat down to watch this thing, I would hear, like, my parents watching this in the next room or something like that. Something about the melody of the song. <laughs> you just come spinning in with your arms out, Jay. That's like dirty dancing. I tried to do the water jump out thing, and there was no one to catch me. I just laid flat on my face, but still, rather out on the, uh, on the floor, just still singing with the song. No, oh. man, this song would bum me the f I would cry. As a kid, yeah. when I were to hear this song, because it sounds so sad. Even if you're not paying mm. attention to the lyrics, it's all just so like. That was a perfect rendition. <laughs> yeah, I can tell I'm an artist. You think it, you like the theme song too? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good ass song. It's hard to talk about this movie and not freak out for 10 minutes just about the opening song because it does a really good job of like setting the tone of the mood. Of, it actually does have great lyrics because it's all about the last line at the last dusty fountain and the last mm -hmm. days of God or whatever the fuck. It's like, holy shit, like what the fucking <laughs> apocalyptic world is about to happen in this place? Super fucked mm -hmm. up. Like, it's, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's really morose at the same time, which is a really good fairy tale tone to set. Like yeah, that, good job, America. So good. Yeah, whatever America is, you did. You, <laughs> America you know, made if, us great again. If, um, if you caught me off guard and told me one of my favorite songs is done by America, I would look confused and give you a solid, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what? What is America? Did they do anything else that we should know? I don't I'm think so. I'm using a gun to my know. head. All I have to say is the guys who did the last unicorn thing, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everything else they wrote was bullshit, but... I don't know. Did they? Well, I don't know if they did the rest of the score to this too, but I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. Oh my god, unicorn! And it's so great because like they say the last unicorn, and then they just show they show the last unicorn for the first time when she's like staring in the water, and it's all still part of the tapestry, and it's all nice. There's so many tapestries with those weird looking lions. All that said, do you ever have you ever seen the tapestry that this is based off of? Um, maybe. There's a very specific. Well, in in medieval art in general. Um, unicorns are the symbol of Christ and purity, and there's mm. one specific uh, big tapestry where it's a unicorn, you know, surrounded by lions and creatures of the forest and stuff. That's like yeah. that's, like in front of a uh, of a uh, of a fountain. It's essentially just exactly what we're seeing here, uh, but that they're just kind of that's the opening credits are just that tapestry brought to life, and that's kind of nice to touch upon that. But, you know, especially embracing a little bit of the Christian, like I don't know, it's a, it's a very cool tapestry. It looks very cool. And, again, it's just a great way to start a fairy tale. I don't know whose idea this was. I don't know if there's a Peter S. Beagle thing. I don't know if the book starts with, hey, hey, guys. Um, if you're reading this book, 
you should think about the Last <laughs> Unicorn's theme song about the cool opening credits, because that's totally set the tone for the rest of the book. The book, it just has a, a Walkman attached to the back. <laughs> it just, it just is. plays the theme song when you reach a certain page. It's like one of those birthday cards that you open, it just has a little, little chip tune, like a little MP3 player, and just playing Happy Birthday. Mm-hmm. It's just that, and it's not even, yeah, it doesn't even have enough memory to have the lyrics. It's just like the, the instrumental version, just making you go, ooh, this is super sad. I'm going to keep on reading this. Yeah. This is good, like, rainy day reading uh, material. Anyway, their last unicorn. And hot damn, this cast list. God fucking shit. <laughs> this is... Which is funny, because a lot of these guys aren't necessarily just voiceover actors, but... um, Man, you got Alan Arkin? I forgot Jeff mm-hmm. Bridges was in this. You know, when I was young... Yeah. And even for a little bit this time, I would be like... I would get Alan Arkin confused with Alan Alda, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? the guy from Ash playing in this? <laughs> <laughs> I love Smendrick. Just you know, actually, that would that's, that would still fit actually, because Smendrick would yeah. just still be this like smooshy asshole. Just hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Perfect, hey, Alan. <laughs> I'm gonna get you out of that cage. Hey, what are you why doing? He, hey, hey. Why does he a prepubescent Charles Bronson? <laughs> that's kind of like what he is, though. He's like, hey, I'm from New York. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can't believe I'm engaged to a Douglas Fur. <laughs> Christ! Oh, my, I'm my, hey, I'm the last of the Red Hat Swamis. How you doing? <laughs> oh, but yeah, Alan Arkin. Which, if you don't know Alan Arkin, he's the grandpa in Beetlejuice. He was the old grandpa in um, Grandpa in Beetlejuice. No, not Beetlejuice. Edward Scissorhands. He was mm. the old grandpa who dies halfway through Little Miss Sunshine. I mean, he's done a thousand other things than that. Yeah, he was in, uh... He's, uh, the really he's... shy shithead in, uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah, he's the one that does nothing. Yeah, he just kind of spends the whole time going, Oh, I don't know. He, gets, he spends mm-hmm. most of the movie just getting yelled at by Ed Harris. Um, yeah, yeah. Jeff Bridges? I totally forgot Jeff Bridges is in this? Mia Farrow? Which, what do you think about Mia Farrow? Um... She can't sing. Yeah, and but she's fine. I was watching. The, I watched this a couple years ago with my friend Dylan, and she pointed out that she thinks that Mia Fair is actually the weakest point of the ca- a part of the cast, and I might have to agree with her. Yeah, she's definitely the worst singer. Which beating out Jeff Bridges for worst singer in a cast <laughs> listing is kind of a, that's that's kind of a, a feat. But yeah, I mean, it, it is funny. She has a very distinctive voice, though. Like if they had anyone yeah. else in this playing that role she has such a very like it's hello there she's What's got a, it's she's got a very internal sadness almost like her fu- her husband is fucking her daughter yeah that's a good point oh god that's how this got her into the mood for all the oh god yeah Ugh. oh christopher uh, christopher lee man yeah christopher lee robert klein angel Angel Lansbury. Paul Fries, who Paul Fries, he was in a thousand other Rankin Bass things, and if you were a child of the 60s or 70s or early 80s, you would recognize him. He's also part of a whole bunch of Disney stuff. Um, Brother Theodore. Who? Brother Theodore. What the fuck is Brother Theodore? Oh, you're oh, like looking we'll like at IMDB, because he's not no, listed I'm not. in the main credits. No, I'm not. Wait, so who's Brother Theodore? Oh, we'll talk about Brother Theodore. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Rene Aubergenois. Uh, Odo from Deep Space Nine, he plays the drunken mm-hmm. skeleton in the movie. Um, There's, it's, it's got a hell of a cast. My favorite voice actor, though, this is this is a little bit of a tale. My favorite voice actor in this whole thing is uh, Tammy Grimes, mm-hmm. who voices Molly Grew. I always mm. thought Molly Grew's voice in this was almost done like by not a voice professional voice actor, because she has such a weird strangled voice 
that I thought was like, did they just get like someone's mom, like elderly mom to play this character? Because it doesn't sound like someone you would get for a professional voice thing. Because mm. she's so like, oh my god, like she, it's a very distinctive <laughs> voice. Looking her up, I didn't realize that she actually was like, she had her own like variety talk show in like the 1960s and stuff. She was actually a known person. Yeah, but um, everybody had a, their own variety show in the uh, 1960s. That's a good point. Uh, she used to be married to Christopher Plummer. And mm. her daughter is Amanda Plummer, who also kind of inherited her crazy, squeaky old lady voice, uh, which is kind mm. of funny. Um, but yeah, I just, Tammy Grime, I just love her. She was also, she plays the mouse who fucks the, everything up. Again, going back to the Twas Nightmare, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. God damn, that fucking movie's totally ruined me on the, <laughs> the Nightmare, <laughs> Night Before Christmas, Rankin mm. Bass special. Um, and I, I love her her work in The Last Unicorn and that Rankin-Bass uh, Twas Night Before Christmas special so much. I wanted to send her a little piece of fan mail, like, maybe two years ago, the last time I was watching The Last Unicorn, and I never could find out, like, how, like, she's, like, 80 years old. How the hell are you going to find, a, like, write her, uh, find an address to write her some uh, fan mail? And uh, I was kind of surprised that she was even still alive, because according to the uh, Wikipedia, she was still, you know, alive. Turns out she died, like, October mm. two years ago. And so if I had managed to send off, like, a, like a, a letter you to her... You your chance, Bill. You could have kept her alive with your warm thoughts. I could have just massaged mm. her vocal cords as she was on her deathbed. But, like, anyway, just funny that, like, the last time I thought about her was, like, you know, just... Nah, anyway. She died since the last time I'd seen this movie and was like, oh, I love Tammy Grimes so much. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a, it's a crazy voice cast. Yeah. It's me gusta. It, yeah. Uh, if you had made this movie 20 years later, you would not be able to afford this voice cast. That's true, actually. Um, hmm. Well, some of them. Depending on well, some of yeah. them, yes. Um, what's Mia Farrow doing these days? Um, I don't know. Man, I can't sad. imagine if they tried to remake this, like, who you would... No. I wouldn't be guaranteed that the voice cast would be any worse, but, like, oh, man, if they did a live-action version of this, too, that would be, hmm. So, Ugh. after the, the song finishes, the unicorn's like, those two idiots didn't know what they were talking the about. There's no way stupid. I'm the... There's no way I'm the last unicorn. Am I truly the last? <laughs> this is, huh. like, a long thought process. I'm like, <laughs> oh, maybe they weren't fucking right. It has been a long time since I've seen anyone else and kind of thinking, how was I ever born? Have I ever seen another one of my kind? Um, so then a, a butterfly comes rolling up, who I didn't mind so much when I was young, but man, he's just an asshole. Yeah, he goes on for a while, too. It's it's. And he just, he sings songs that don't exist in this world that's somehow. That's one of the things that, like, I, that's one of the things I actually love about this movie. Especially, there's a bit mm. about a taco later, which always cracked me the fuck up. And uh, I guess that's a big part of the book, too. The, the book kind of exists in kind of like a little bit of a Never mm. Never Land where it doesn't take itself seriously in terms of like being a medieval, medieval fantasy that'll make jokes about like you know uh modern day stuff um i always thought that was kind of creepy because like it, it kind of makes this character seem kind of like a little bit displaced from time which makes it because this character is also like you know it's, it's, it's the character that's starting the plot also the butterfly is designed after peter s beagle um mm. because he even joked in writing the book that he couldn't come up with a better way to start the plot other than just have someone just show up and yell at the last unicorn saying, hey, you're the last unicorn. What do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, maybe I should go find the other unicorns. And so I guess the the, the, the animators thought it'd be funny just to, like, you know, pay tribute to Peter as people by making that character look like him since, like... Yeah, he... 
he sings a bunch of various songs and not answering her questions and yeah. then she's finally like all right fuck you i'm out of here and he's like hey yeah you're a unicorn yeah i know some people just see a white mare but those people sure are dumb and yeah setting up like, a very like one of the few kind of plot related things you need to know in this film in terms of like how people react to to the unicorn i guess she doesn't ever really have a name it's just the unicorn yeah, um, and then she's like, well, how do I find others like me? And he's like, whoa, 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 fucking listen, 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 look. You can find others if you're brave, but there's this Red Bull, and he gives you wings. I never got the... <laughs> never even thought about that. I didn't either until I just <laughs> said it right there. Uh, he's out there, and he chased the unicorns a long time ago. He ran up behind them and covered their footprints. And you'd think you'd be able to follow his giant-ass footprints. Uh, oh, but no. I didn't realize. I was wondering why they drive that plot point so hard every time they have a flashback to his words, which I didn't realize happens like four times in this movie. How they drive, like, really lean on the fact that, like, yeah, he covered their footprints. I was like, oh, I didn't realize yeah. that's the... They're just excusing why she just doesn't follow the... Oh, okay. <laughs> Thousands of hoofprints. Yeah, you think... Yeah, he must have pretty big hoofprints. And again, exactly. Why not follow his hoofprints? Yeah. Well, yeah. Not that the, no one would be... Uh, yeah, that's not the point. Whatever. So, yeah, you gotta be careful. What's that? You want more information? Too bad. I'm already flying away. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> um, I think I may have mentioned this before when talking about uh, when this, this kind of dramatic trope uh, pops up, but this is... the is one of my favorite dramatic tropes where uh, you have like a prophetic jokester character, uh, especially when mm -hmm. the jokester suddenly drops his facade at the drop of a hat in some kind of fucked up creepy way to, uh, to uh, deliver advice or a warning to the hero. Um, Robin Williams has a CGI character called Dr. No in the middle of uh, Steven Spielberg's AI that does kind of a similar thing where he's kind of just a wacky character and suddenly when someone asks him the right question, he just suddenly drops and turns and is like, here, here's this really cryptic thing I'm going to tell you that's going to actually really help you on your quest and then suddenly disappear. Mm. I always thought that was kind of a creepy thing because like, you could take this character who, again, like I mentioned before, kind of exists out of time and space in relation to everything else and seems to be kind of all-knowing but also an asshole, but then suddenly also turns and stops from being funny and entertaining to suddenly being like, no, you have to pay attention to me. This is what you need to know. Go do it now. And it's like, oh, shit. And so that's a little bit like what's happening here, which I always thought was kind of like dramatically kind of interesting. Um, but yeah. Yeah, like that, that part in Car where Larry the Cable Guy's character threatens to put uh, sugar in Lightning McQueen's gas tank. <laughs> Did you call it Got Car? Got real serious. Huh? Did you call it car? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't just call it's, it. It's, I love no, car. It's, it's, it's the prequel to Cars. It's just the singular. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what's like Alien to Aliens? Car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cars is the It was first what made it just like, after the human apocalypse, he wasn't quite sure if there were any other surviving vehicles. And it's just, it's like him and Mad Max. Just like out in the desert yeah. alone for like, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, car. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Anyway, what happened? <laughs> she, well, she uh, yeah. she has an internal monologue about how how he says she can find the others if she's really brave. So she just heads off in a random direction. She really does. Yeah, all, I think there's a moment where like the other animals could come right around her and be like, "Oh, bye!" But like she even then, no, she's they like, all just look look from the edge of the forest, being like, "Where the fuck is she going?" Yeah, really? she, she don't have a gun long. or anything. She's gonna get fucking killed. Yeah. Yeah. What's she going so, to eat? No one's no one's packed her any any snack cakes or anything like that. <laughs> she can't eat no cheese Did and crackers. Did someone give her a fruit roll? I don't. Lunchables? 
Something. Oh my god, yeah. Also, man, I'm watching it again while we're uh, talking about it. I mean, <laughs> especially at the beginning of the film, uh, whenever she's facing the camera, she gets these real fetal alcohol syndrome eyes. <laughs> that, yeah. like, she looks, character looks a little dopey in parts, but anyway. So, she comes across a farmer who doesn't see her horn and calls her a mare and a horse, and this offends her she gets delicate wild. sensibility so, yeah. so, so much. This... He tries to catch her, yeah. but she uses her horn to throw the belt he was going to catch her with away. And why Why not a, a real horse sound? Why just make a lady go, Yeah! Oh, did she do that? Yeah, it's not a real horse sound. It's like a lady doing a, na- oh, a horse sound. It's a bold choice. You never notice that? <laughs> I can see that, yeah. It's just a lady going, Yeah, I guess that's more attractive to some people or something, I guess. <laughs> That's gotta be it. Uh, hey, man, you're your voiceover uh, director at an animation studio. You get to make people do all kinds of stupid ass shit. All right, now listen. What I want you to do, I don't want you to whinny like a horse. <laughs> I want you to do it for five minutes while calling my name. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh, there's the shot I'm looking at right now where she's like looking at the the farmer and it's farmer's perspective, and she just looks like she's like looks like a five year old drew it. <laughs> Which, uh, this is a beautiful movie, but there's a couple shots of her that are a little... Anyway. Yeah. And then she runs off, and he's like, that's a hell of a horse. Yeah, and yeah then, I do uh, like, love, I do appreciate how blazingly offended she is at someone thinking that she's just a mare. This movie does drive a good, uh, uh, does... It does drive a good bargain. <laughs> Five dollar bargain bin basement at Walmart. <laughs> um, but no, it, it does a really good job depicting... Uh, kind of the attitude of being a unicorn that you're totally like so disconnected from the rest of the world that like even when someone you think she is aware that people would just see her as a mare because maybe well I guess know, the movie does go out of its way later to show that she's like she doesn't realize the world's kind of moved on I guess she is she kind of taken by surprise that she doesn't even know what a gallon of milk costs <laughs> Exactly. She's so out she's, of touch. The first thing that the uh, the unicorns do when they're freed at the end of the movie, they start like moving to Iowa and start uh, doing PR things with <laughs> quote unquote real America to like uh, re- mm-hmm. re- re- rehabilitate their uh, image with uh, real America. But yeah. Oh man. So but yeah, no, they do a good job like depending on what a fucking haughty asshole she is because she's a unicorn. Yeah. yeah. And later she sits on the side of the road and. And thinks, hey, maybe if humans can't see unicorns anymore, maybe there's still some out there and there's nobody knows. I guess it, with hooves, it, you can't put a blanket over yourself. Yeah, and now a song while she just wanders aimlessly across the land. Yeah, this is actually as, one of the better as, songs that's not the theme song. This Yeah, is... as, ama- as amazing as the opening song for this movie is, the rest of the songs sure are not. Yeah, I get the feeling they were like, man, if we really knock it out with the main theme, we could just coast a little bit with the other songs. Maybe the man's road song is kind of okay. It's still, yeah. you know, it's it's it's, it's it still gets across the the feeling of her kind of being sad and alone. It is, although it is the song literally telling you like, I'm super sad. There's Which no is, it's, vegetables it's to eat on this road. It, But she, she wasn't sad until somebody was like, Hey, you're the last unicorn, and then she was like, "Oh no, I'm the last." Or brr. She see, she was probably perfectly fine up until then. That's what I'm saying. She didn't even consider it. <laughs> if those assholes Matt, in the woods hadn't been like, "Hey, last unicorn, you're the last." Oh shit, did we say that out loud? What's that Simpsons thing where the fat guy's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have said that." <laughs> oh my goodness, I shouldn't have said he was a customer. Oh crap, I definitely shouldn't have said he had an illegal account. Yeah. 
if the hunters at the beginning hadn't Rudy Giuliani Giuliani'd her, she would have like, lived out the rest of her days in perfect contentment. I guess she just would have always been like, oh, that's weird I never saw any more of my kind, even after I was born, I guess, to phantom parents. Eh, whatever. Yeah. I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would have passed from this world and no one would have mattered or cared, but yeah. But then it's nighttime and Mama Fortuna's Midnight Carnival oh, rose man. up. Yeah, this is and... this is when you're like, oh man, yeah, these guys drew the Hobbit because Mama Fortuna's totally like, I think I she's she's an old lady wearing a tree for a hat. Yeah, and her tree hat is all crispy with all kind of tendrils, and mm-hmm. she got way too many little fuss, fussy character design bits that must have, oh, uh, they must have driven the animators crazy. But they they went all hog like animating all the her parts and she's got like a like a crow nesting in the top hat of her top part of her Mm -hmm. tree hat and oh my god and she's got like little stupid new york uh troll brother helper dudes all like it's it's angela lansbury not really sounding like angela lansbury yeah not too much i mean you could recognize her but she's not being like hello there no she's not being mrs Uh, potts she's being mrs uh what's the pot that you piss in in bed the chamber pots. She's she's Mrs. Chamber pots. Mmm. And she sees the unicorn is like sleeping and is like, "Fuck yeah, unicorn!" And she calls over her uh, one-eyed man yeah. that is played by Brother Theodore. Oh, that's Brother Theodore. Okay. Yeah, the, I fucking love this guy. Yeah. Brother Theodore has one of the coolest voices. He did Golem in the, uh, oh, the okay. movie and the Lord of the Rings movie. And I looked him up a little today because I didn't really know much about Brother What's Theodore. His name actually, Brother have- Theodore. It was Theodore, but then I think he changed it later and put Brother Theodore, and he was kind of... He was a... a quasi-stand-up comic, but he would do monologues, but he would he didn't call it, like, stand-up comedy. He still called it, like, stand-up tragedy. And <laughs> I like this a, guy. He was a weird, weird fucking he dude. He should have been part of the Muppet crew. He, he was a... He's, he's a German guy. And he was born into an extremely wealthy family that ran um, some of the uh, most prominent fashion magazines in Germany. Um, and it was super, super wealthy, but then uh, World War II happened, and he got put in a concentration camp. Oh yeah, he would have been like 40 during that stuff. Got tons of stories fuck? about fucking almost, almost dying in concentration camps, but using his wits to get around it, and... I, I I didn't get to look up much about him today, but I guess there's a documentary on him. Yeah, no, he he's... just seems like a super interesting dude, and I I his voice has always been one of the coolest voices. Uh, huh. I like the angry German voices that he's fucking awesome. He's like, I kind of wish he had a bigger role in this in this movie. He's also in the Burbs, yeah, but he doesn't really talk in the Burbs. Yeah. Um, the Wikipedia entry describes him as being Boris Karloff, Salvador Dali, and Red Skelton simultaneously, which that's... That's a hell of a description, yeah. Yeah, that's a hell of a transporter accident of personality. There's a... uh, (laughs) He was deported from Switzerland for chesshold hustling. Nice. There's a, 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 a collection on YouTube of his appearance on David Letterman. It's over two hours long. That's oh, how often fuck. he was on. I'm sorry, I'm actually reading yeah. his Wikipedia page. It, no, it's supposedly okay. Albert He's, Einstein they... helped him escape Germany because Albert Einstein was fucking his mom. Yeah, he claims that. Albert I mean, Einstein that sounds like a part of a stand-up st- gag, but <laughs> stayed in their house for like two months and had an affair with his mom what for like a couple of the years. Fuck. Okay, brother yeah, Theodore. Brother, Th- 
brother Theodore, Jesus. worth looking into. Thank you, patron saint of the Tardy of the Party podcast. Or at least yeah, one Yeah, thanks, brother Theodore. No, yeah, I feel bad Rook doesn't get more to do in this movie other than make a joke about, like, uh, uh, why is a raven like a writing desk later? But that's it, he just gets abused a little bit and disappears from the, uh, from the picture, shit. Okay, I'm glad to see if I can suck Tammy Grimes' dick, then you got brother Theodore in your corner, shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. So she calls him over, and, uh, and, and her wizard, the wizard Schmendrick, and she asks them what they see. And, uh, brother Theodore says, the dead mayor. And she was like, fuck it, of course you see that. And she asks... <laughs> you fucking asshole. She asks, she, she asks the magician what he sees, and he says, Just the white man. And she's like, you two moron, you know, whatever. And she tells him to lock it, uh, to, uh, you, lock it up, because she's going to use the horse as a unicorn. And they're like, hey, she's starting to wake up. And then she's all, blah, 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 blah. She's the guy to sleep spell on the unicorn. Uh... It's and it's not a very fun weakness for a unicorn to have that they can just get put to sleep by a spell. Yeah, she does have this incredible magic, but she gets like she's already half unconscious too. I take this that kind of puts her at a disadvantage that she's already halfway well, suffering the effects of the spell that's being put on her. But yeah, what I read, what I I, I heard uh, was in the book they had to build the cage around the unicorn. Oh, that's kind of cool. It's asleep. Which I guess from an animation perspective, it's easier just to do hand wave. Okay, sleeping spell because it's it's not important to the plot. This the yeah. what's important is that she gets captured. Yeah. She also makes a fake glowing horn on top of her head. Yeah, so kind of looks like a bad dragon. Horn. Dick yeah. dick sword. Yeah, it's glowing out of her head. Uh, the next day, uh, Brother Theodore's character, whose name is Ruch, is showing people all the sideshow attractions. A bunch of badly and... designed. They, <laughs> they did not spend a lot of time designing this character. Mana cores and yeah. Uh, shit, yeah. And Schmendrick goes up to the corn and, and is like, Hey, what do you see over there? Don't be afraid. Just tell me that's what you Schmendrick see. That's your Schmendrick impression? It's pretty, I mean, that's all the energy. <laughs> Alan Arkin isn't known for having high energy. I do love that, like, Rook gets this, I, like, elaborate introduction where he's like, ah, and then Schmendrick, you know who the fuck Schmendrick is. He shows up and he yeah. says a thing. Well, my, I tried to work on my Alan Arkin impression driving home there's not much today, but, yeah, there's not much to do, and I come dangerously close to just slipping into, you know, he's Alan Arkin, but then he turns way too Jewish. I mean, his name is Schmendrick, which is supposed to be like a Jewish term for like a schmuck, which mm. <laughs> then, uh, you know, because they, you know, that's the famous not schmuck being the non-famous non-Jewish. Yeah, I was going to say that, but you got it first. He's a schlemiel. Um, but I just do love, uh, supposedly Peter, uh, Alan Arkin's casting is supposedly Peter S. Beagle's one big issue with the film because he never pictured uh, Schmendrick as being such like a low energy character. Because mm. that's one of the things I love about the movie, because, like, Alan Arkin's performance feels like a real dude. Like, he feels like yeah. a real 25-year-old schmucky nerd guy who's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, he's not putting yeah. on a performance. He just sounds like like Alan Arkin is just, like, reading the lines. <laughs> but, like, in a good way where it feels kind of nice and organic. He's just like, hey, what are you doing there? No, don't do that. Like, hey, oh, come, no. But, yeah. I, it's, yeah. I, I, but, yeah, you can't really do an impression of it unless yeah, you're no, Alan Arkin. I never said he's bad. Yeah. yeah. He's just kind of listless and... Hey, what are you doing? I'm so not the, the best magic user, but I will help you out. I, yeah. He's turning into... Uh, fucking what's his name? <laughs> the guy the, 
No, uh, well, the guy they based Yogi Bear off of. Oh, the, yeah. The, uh, fucking, yeah, the um, from the, 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 the Golden Crisp. Uh, Arcade. Yeah, the, go <laughs> the Golden Crisp Bear. Can't get enough of this sugar crisp. Smendrick swaps his big fucking wizard hat for like a little slouch, like little pork pie hat. And like, hey, hey, boo boo. Hey, last unicorn. No, that's, I'll no, get you out. No, I wasn't talking. No, it's uh, uh, the singer. Uh, oh, Bing Crosby. Yeah, Bing Crosby, not Art Carney. Yeah, okay, yeah, because Art Carney is like that. I think that's what Yogi Bear is based off of. Who's? Yeah, yeah no, it's 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 Sugar Smacks Bear. That's supposed to be Bing Crosby. Yeah, Hello there. that's what I was How talking you about. Do. Now yeah. it's turning into Lando Calrissian. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> you so, truly uh, belong with us among the cloud. Yeah, she's the unicorns. Like, nah, these are just, all the other creatures here are just illusions. They're just toothless lions and apes with twisted feetses. <laughs> And also a snake, which could easily escape by slipping out of the bars. Yeah! Okay. So Schmendrick says he knows she's totally a unicorn. If he was blind, he'd know she was a unicorn. But and she's like, whoa, 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 hold up. That harpy, that shit is real? That's a harpy, Selena. Schmendrick said, yeah, mama just caught her when she was asleep. You guys should probably start sleep, stop sleeping just out of the open like that. we need to have a magical critter hotel so you guys don't get kidnapped by this fucking bitch? What the fuck are you guys doing out here? Yeah, he's like, mama for, mama, mama saw her, and mama Fratelli saw her. It actually is like the goodies. Mama Fratelli was like, Hey, titties, we got to her and I found you. Actually, that would have actually been even better casting than Angela Lancer. Because you're like, oh my god, what is wrong with this woman? <laughs> oh my god. For sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill, what are your thoughts on the Harpy's three giant melons? Yeah, well, I didn't realize there were three of them because you could see the nipple. I was thinking, I was focused more on the exposed nipple than counting how many tits I was looking at, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a harpy. It's supposed to be like what, like a female chicken bird thing, yeah. and it totally looks like it's it's again with the rank and bass look on its face. It's got all the warts and all the extra like facial detail that it didn't need to. Have. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's on screen. Yeah, it's got the titties. And... It's it's pretty impressive how this movie totally couldn't fly now. Yeah, on uh, yeah, a couple so, different fronts. I mean, you do have a the main yeah. character is that naked ha lady for half the movie too, but. Um, so Schmendrick runs off after Ruch yells at him, yeah. and uh, the group of humans he was leading around look at the unicorn. Yeah, that think chicken got some you... big fucking Jesus. <laughs> like, he's got, got some big chewable nipples there. Christ. So he's like a unicorn, and everybody's like, oh, and the lady cries. And you think seeing the fake unicorn's horn and would make, and they now believe that they're looking at a unicorn. So they believe in a unicorn. Wouldn't that make the unicorn's actual real horn show up now that they believe in unicorns? And yeah, I think they're looking I at think, a unicorn. I think the, the, the story's cynical enough is that, like, they still, they only believe, they're, they're only going to see what they want to see, and what uh, what nah. they only want to see is just what they're being presented. They Even then, even pre when presented with a real unicorn, and realizing it's a real unicorn, well, they're, they're not even realizing it's a real unicorn, they're just essentially seeing the fake unicorn that Mommy Fortuna wants them to see, but they're not ingesting what yeah. the reality is really ahead of them, but yeah. Mm. Um, if that makes so, any sense. Yeah. Uh, so... At night, Ruck tells Mama that he, he doesn't care how many spells she has in that heartbeat. She gotta get rid of that shit. And Mama Fortuna's all, Ah, fuck you. I'm the only witch with a heartbeat. Even if she does get away, I can turn her into wind. Or into four musical notes. Because I can do that. Did she I'm... specifically say four musical notes? 
Yes, she wow, does. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's hyper specific. And, and she chuckles to the unicorns like, you see that shit? I caught both of you. Can you believe it? Yeah. And the unicorn tells her that... Uh, that this actually says uh, your death is waiting in that cage. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and Mama's like, yeah, she'll kill me one day, but she'll always remember that I was the one that totes caught her. I do appreciate her resignation shit? or fatalism and that, like, yeah, I don't give a shit what happens. I caught you guys. That's all that really matters is that I fucked y'all over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, hey, she ends so, up dead, like, five minutes after this conversation, so she gets, you know, yeah, all works out for yeah. everybody in the end, I guess. The Red Bull is mentioned, and Mama says that uh, uh, she won't allow the unicorn to get gotten by the red bull she she's oh yeah and the red bull lives in king haggard's castle but the unicorn's like man you can keep your illusion oh yeah let me go this is the one concrete uh essentially directions the unicorn gets to as to uh what's going on other than just the 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 butterflies just vague red bull cliff blah 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 she's actually getting like names and places uh put to that story now yeah yeah, you, you know, Chris, let, let me go and let the harpy go to, for you too, because we're not for you. And Mama says, nah, nah, you're you going to stay here. You, you you stay here. Peace out. And she By the leaves. way, you're more protected here than you would be out in the wild. And uh, even yeah. if that's true, it's still like, fuck you, Mom. Mom, before you do, motherfucker. <laughs> so Schmendrick comes running up to her to help her out of the cage, because she is Schmendrick, the magician, last of the Web Hot Swamis. And he going to get her out of there. He says some words and. And she this goes on for a while. The, the cage starts to vanish around her, and the animals that were standing there watching her leave the forest are standing there again. But then the cage comes back. Yeah. And then he tries to make the bars as brittle as cheese, which he can crumble with his bare hands. But that don't work. He burns his hands instead. Yeah. Yeah. He throws some dust at her cage and it starts to shrink. So he stops that spell. And she says, "Let's try again." The spell was wrong, but there was real magic there. She sensed it. I do like the movie's and taking he's... taking great lengths to show that, like, he actually is. He's not just full of bullshit. Like, he is tapping to something that is real, but he just can't control it. Yeah. So even though he is a so... schmuck, he's not like a powerless schmuck. But he just yeah. yeah. Uh, he says that she deserves the services of a great wizard. But she'll have to be glad with the aid of a second-rate pickpocket. He pulls out some keys and goes to unlock her cage. I love and after lock... all that fussing, it just still boils down to, oh, I stole a key, I can get you out anyway. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. But the, the lock laughs at him and says, some magician, some magician. And I like that way he, he's like, well, eh, whatever, and rams the key in the lock. Exactly, goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like, Shredrick feels like the one real character in the story where it feels like he came from our world and, like, is trying to fit in where he's just, like, realistic reactions to everything that's happening around him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he frees her as the other animals look on, and Rock comes out, telling, all right, Shredrick, I give up. Why is a raven, like, writing desk? He sees that the cage is open and is just like, oh, you fucking stole my keys. You fucking asshole. She'll use your bones <laughs> to make a necklace for a hobby. And then they start to fight, rolling around on the ground, as the unicorn's like, eh, I could help Schmendrager, but nah. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna just set gonna all everyone else free, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna free all the animals. Well, she that's had animals, what it... so she got priorities. She gotta help other animals. She doesn't know yeah, Schmendrager what... that well. It's it's what everybody on Awesome Games Done Quick voted for. Save the animals, so she's gotta exactly, do that. Yeah. Even, even if it cuts down on her speedrun record. Uh, she loses five seconds, and now she's just 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 a bit off her uh, uh, personal best. It's it's killing her inside, but she has to do it to probably, uh, 
Yep. Uh, they start. The Schmendrick couch loves and Rock are <laughs> rolling around on the ground, and Schmendrick slaps him upside the head with the keys. And the unicorn, as the unicorn walks towards the harpy's cage, and Schmendrick's like, "Bitch, no!" That's bad idea. I know you're friends with her. I know she says you're your sister, your magic sister, but uh, she asshole. She could still go eat your face. <laughs> Mm, but she frees her anyway, and the harpy starts kind of trying to attack her. But then Mama Fortuna comes out and is like, Hey, harpy, how about you eat me instead? And the harpy's like, Fuck yeah, okay, and eats all that, her uh, guts. Your face looks like a sandwich to me. I'll go for that shit. <laughs> and then Smedrick's like, Oh, fuck, we gotta run. Get out of here. Run, run. But she's like, No, 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 no. Do not run from something immortal. You must never do that. It only draws their attention. Which I thought was a cool little line. Like, yeah. yeah. I love it in fantasy Even... <laughs> stuff where there's like weird little rules to this stuff. So, somebody should have reminded her of that when she was running from the Red Bull. And we'll get to that later, because yeah, I don't know why she's... <laughs> I mean, I guess she's just coming back from being part human, so she's not quite in her right mind. But like, yeah, she totally... Hmm, yeah. That's the, uh, that's the uninteresting half of this movie anyways. Who gives a shit? Yeah, and Rock just goes, oh, and now he's being eaten. <laughs> oh, did they even, I didn't even notice that, like, it was, like, just off camera him being attacked now, too. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm gonna come Fortuna. after you, but now my feet are being eaten. Oh, no. Yeah, you see Mama Fortuna laying there all quack, and okay. he's getting eaten in the background. Oh, man. And then a harpy flies up in the sky and looks around and doesn't find Oh, that's right, because they stopped, and so, yeah, they're essentially invisible yeah, to the harpy, I guess, so, yeah. So then she flies off, free to terrorize the countryside once again. Hurrah, You've hurray, good job, good, unicorn. <laughs> you did it, I like right? these people the next town over. Not only are they some, they're, like, they'll be, like, coming out of their, their pub at 2 o'clock in the morning, they're like, did, is that a, a toothless lion that just walked past? And there's a hobbling monkey <laughs> that follows, and they're like, it's a weird fucking night, and suddenly they're both murdered by a harpy that flies down out of the sky. And, <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh. Oh my god, what the <laughs> hell is on going top on? Of me eat, it's on top of me eating me, but I gotta suck on these sweet titties. Ah, oh, the guy, oh. I didn't even think about that. That's how the harpy lures people in. It's like, it's yeah, breasts are just get, so fantastic. Be, it's just like, just, it's like a flying Christina gutted. Hendricks. It's just like... Getting, oh, getting gutted by a harpy, but his titties are just smushed up on your face. But they're like, like the best. It's one of those things where like you, like, you first see the harpy and you're like, oh my god, that is horrifying. And then you just see those tits and you're like... You know, I might be willing to die for this. Like, it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the tits are so good. And like, I don't know, man. I'm actually thinking about it for now. And then, just even thinking about it, it just gives the harpy enough time to swoop in and eat your face. But even then, while you're eating, like, because yeah, if he's eating your face, you still got the, like, the fucking tits in your face. And you're like, okay, I can deal with this. This could be worth that. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, it turns out Mama Fortuna is just, like, a secret lesbian who is still, like, like you know, I could, if, if, I, if I go out with, like, just tits like that in my face, I can't know. Yeah. We will return after these messages. Strawberry shortcake, angel cake with flame. Comes with a pet with a very cute name. This is angel cake with souffle. A sweet smelling skunk. Strawberry shortcake with custard. A cat with the same smell strawberry has. Dolls with pets each sold separately. Lemon meringue with frappe a frog. Apricot with hops a lot a bunny. Let's have a race. <laughs> Strawberry shortcake with custard, lemon meringue with frappe, apricot with hops a lot, and angel cake with souffle each sold separately from Kenner. Kenner. 
That's Lucky. He's got Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. Whoops! I'll make myself tiny to hide with me Lucky Charms. The crunchy old cereal with marshmallow surprises. Pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, green clovers, and blue diamonds. Yum! I'll have some. Whoa! Where are your Lucky Charms? Right here, my friends. They're part of this good, nutritious breakfast. Frosted Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. They're magically delicious. She is a creature of legend. In an age of sorcery and savagery. Well, what have we here? <laughs> Demons. No! And dragons. She may be the last unicorn. All I want to know is if you've seen other unicorns like me somewhere in the world. You can find the others if you are brave. They passed down all the roads long ago, and the Red Bull ran close behind them and covered their footprints. Oh, I could never leave this forest. But I must know if I am the only unicorn left in the world. The classic tale oh! is now a classic animated adventure. Featuring the voices of Mia Farrow. Alan Arkin. My dear, you deserve the services of a great wizard, but I'm afraid you'll have to be glad of the aid of a second-rate pickpocket. Jeff Bridges. That is exactly what heroes are for. It's you and me, Moth. Hand to hand to hand to hand. Robert Klein. Christopher Lee. I am King Haggard. And the music of America. It's the last unicorn. A journey into the unknown. A mystery full of wonders and a fantasy beyond imagining. Not that one. Hmm? I want to know who she is. Splendid delight. Last unicorn. The legend will live forever. <laughs> Watch me trick Fred out of his pebbles. Uh, hi, Fred. Gobble, gobble. Barney, you got turkey pox. I do? You ought to be in bed. Oh, I feel miserable. Bet some cocoa pebbles will cheer you up. Mm, gobble, gobble. You just let old Doc Flintstone take care of you. Huh? Barney, you don't have turkey pox. But I sure did gobble-gobble up your pebbles. <laughs> Post fruity and cocoa pebble cereal, part of this nutritious breakfast. Yabba-dabba delicious. Now, back to the program. So, Smendrick says he's sad that he got that old woman killed. Oh, he got regrets he's got a few. But the unicorn's like, unicorns don't feel regret. I'm cool. She totes did that to herself I guess, anyway. like, yeah, so, so unicorns are like Vulcans that they just don't have basic emotions? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, he asks her what she'll do now, and she says she she's gonna find farce. the rest of the unicorns. <laughs> well, she's been living by herself. There's no, no one else around to tell her that a unicorn fart. Just, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, yeah, you're. She hasn't like, been socialized like, yet. Like, so. like any horse, she just lifts her tail up and just takes a massive dump right there. <laughs> he's like, whoa, just what? A, just <laughs> he's like, are those skittles? <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, because she's a unicorn, it's like fucking, it's actually the most delicious hot fudge coming out of her ass, and he's like, oh, actually, like, he starts, he starts, he gets really nauseous because the smell of her shit actually makes him, makes his mouth water, and he's like, oh my god, <laughs> he's like so disgusted by that, like, con conflict of, like, biological impulses, it's like, oh, I don't want to eat that. We've got, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> Wait. She's, she's like, I gotta... <laughs> Anyway, she's like, I gotta find the rest of the unicorns. Like, what's the thing? Oh. We're like, the, the, what's the thing that the marketing themselves like a unicorn puppet taking a like a fucking swirly ice cream cone shit? Like it's supposed to be That's, a thing where you're supposed to like. It's the squ it's the squatty potty. The squatty potty. <laughs> she just suddenly does that. And... <laughs> okay. Anyway, oh. yeah. But okay, we gotta <laughs> go because we're an hour it. in. She... We're like five. We're like half an hour into the movie. She's she's gotta find the rest of the unicorns and she just guy haggard and it's got him. Yeah, she just catches speeds like, catches him up to the plot essentially. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, cool, come with you on your adventures. She's like, man, I wish you had picked some different reward for free of me because oh yeah, this I is a nice conversation. I want to be seen with you. Yeah. Well, so he's he just like, I wish I could uh, choose a different yeah reward, but you know, you never could have granted my true wish. And she's like, Yeah, that's true. I can't turn you into something you're not, and <laughs> you are not a real magician. And he, I like how he's not hurt. He's he just says, like, Hey, what are you gonna do? No. And he says, That's all right. Don't worry about it. And she goes, I'm not. She is ice cold. That's what I'm saying. She's like fucking crazy <laughs> shit. It's not even a matter of like, oh, she's haughty, but like, it's like she got emotional issues. Yeah. Yeah. The Vulcan shit going on. Um, so, so they he tells her about King Haggard and how he rules over a barren wasteland. It used to be totally awesome, but then Haggard just kind of looked at it and everything went. Oh yeah, it turns out he's heard a whole bunch of conflicting stories about King Haggard and the nature of his relationship with the Red Bull and stuff too. That yeah. You know. And then later they're walking through some. Is this where they re like reprise the King's Road song or the Man's Road song again? A little Maybe bit? just to kind of show that they've been walking for a while. Just yeah, you know, time has passed. Smedrick is like, these woods is full of bandits and shit, and all the Fortuna even wouldn't come near here. And then he's like, oh fuck, here comes some right now, you better hide. So they hide. They just hide between and, two different trees or something like that, yeah. Well, no, she just bounds off, and he climbs a tree, and shockingly, they're <laughs> able to spot him in his bright blue robe. Yeah, yeah, that's just half hanging, hanging out down. of the tree, because, yeah, he has no <laughs> yeah. self-awareness. And they pull him down and take him to their camp for reasons. Yeah, it's really weird, because at first they come off as super threatening. Because bandits, you think he's just going to get murdered, but no, they <laughs> but take him back to his camp. They, they ride away and are like, we'll teach you some hospitality. <laughs> Did they say hospitality? No, but... But that's kind of totally what happens. Believable. The next thing you know, they're yeah. like like just cooking around a, a fire, and one guy's complaining about like how Molly Gru is making them eat the, the, the same rat again for three nights in a row and stuff. And, yeah. yeah. Rat soup. Uh, so... Then they, the bandits come rolling in with Schmendrake, who gets a kind enough welcome from Captain Cully, who's the leader of the group. But uh, Molly is like, fuck that. There's not enough soup. Just kill him. Just I do fucking like, gut this I always forget what a fucking hard, hardcore badass she is. Like, no, waste him. Cut, a, what, cut, I don't, cut I his don't, wizard? I don't think... 
she's not a badass. She's just kind of an asshole. I, that's kind of what he did. Also, did did you notice when the, the there's a little bit of a multiplane camera establishing the move when like at the start of the scene yeah, where it, it passes a tree that has the words "CC loves MG" carved into it for Captain yeah. Cully loves Molly Grew. Yeah. Um, I've even as a kid, I never cared much for Molly. I thought Molly Grew is the most human character in this story. I thought she was great. Yeah, that's fine. I just no, I, that's I, fine. I know I'll go more into the reasons as they come. There are <laughs> I know there's plenty of reasons why you can like say, Molly. "Hey, maybe Molly, you're not helping," but yeah, maybe fuck Molly. But well, uh, I think part of my like, yeah, I, I just I just really love the performance and stuff too. But yeah. there's a well, my favorite moment. In the whole thing happens with her just a little bit. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Coley mm. welcomes Smendrick and they and sits him down by the fire and says, "Have a taco. <laughs> Have a taco." <laughs> Like as a kid, like talk. What again? Kind of doing the Princess Bride thing of like what? And I guess that's was that in the an book. outtake. That is in the what? book. Uh, what? I, I was reading an interview with PRS Beagle where like someone had asked him like, why do these suddenly characters eat tacos while they're hanging out in the middle of this medieval forest? And he's like, I was writing that scene like it's like two o'clock in the morning. I was super tired and I just wrote the next line here, have a taco, and I just laughed so hard that I thought it was so funny. I decided to leave it in when I woke up the next morning because it's such like an out of the blue like what. Like, do they have, do they have, like, a taco bar? Mission <laughs> like, accomplished. Because ta- <laughs> the other guy's like, we've been eating fucking watered-down rat soup, and you have tacos? Have a taco. Because <laughs> like, a taco. Man? I can see different kind of road foods, but taco is not road food. You need, like, an infrastructure to make a taco. You need to have tortillas, yeah. you need to have some rice and some beans and some meat. And- or is he talking about Molly? <laughs> Oh no, he points at her crotch and he goes, he makes the beef tongue. <laughs> oh no. Uh. Oh no. That's terrible. It is, I apologize. That's so, terrible. Cully says his bard was about to sing about their adventures, but Molly's like, fuck, your adventures suck. Sing us about Robin Hood. Yeah. Cully doesn't like that idea. I get the idea that Robin Hood is a sore spot with him. Like, Molly's never shuts up about Robin Hood and she's always fucking going on and about The biggest about Robin Hood Robin fan Hood. girl over and here. He's like, fucking shut up about Robin Hood. He's not well, real. Well, I guess he's kind of patterning him and his gang off of Robin Hood a little bit, so he hates the idea that anyone would, like, would negatively uh, compare him and his gang to, Ro- to the, you know, the legendary exploits of Robin Hood, but, you know. Yeah. So Schmendrick stands up and says, Magic, do as you will a bunch. And holograms of Robin Hood and his merry men walk through their camp. And most of Cully's camp chases after him. It's kind of abrupt. Yeah, everyone just... It's essentially an excuse to not have to draw all these extra characters. (laughs) Because for some reason, they just chase after all the the, the holograms. And yeah. Yeah. And Schmendrick is super stoked that he did magic. And Cully and his right-hand man grab Schmendrick and say, That was a dangerous diversion. It was a diversion? Okay. Yeah, I guess so. so Schmendrick really seemed to do it by accident, but yeah. Yeah. It ties Schmendrick up to a tree and decide the next day they'll sell him because then become wealthy because he's a magician or some shit. <laughs> yeah. And then they leave. Maybe it's more fleshed out in the book, but yeah, it's the random happenings here in the plot. Yeah. So Schmendrick said he I forgot he about this. He, you had to remind he, me how this, do you this for, scene how happens do you a couple of years ago. Oh. Schmendrick says he doesn't even care. A chance to spell that at least... One person, and then, whew, one at least one person in the world formed a fetish. That's what I'm saying. Talk about fitty, fetish scenes. Fat fitty, poof, <laughs> words. This fat is... titty trees. And like, 
That poor, poor person. <laughs> and, like, not even just the fat titty tree, but the fact that, that like, the guy's t- tied to her tits and can't get away? And it's also, and, like, and a sexy grandma voice? It, it sounds There's a like lot the tur- of things happening it here. Sounds like, it sounds like the giant turtle from the NeverEnding Story. You know what? Of. I had to look it up to see if that's actually the same. No, the, the voice actress is not the same voice actress, but the turtle. That's even more alarming that it's a sexy version of the turtle from the NeverEnding Story <laughs> with big giant tits. Uh, and it's just, There's just too much. It's it's, uh, it's one of those, you I know that this has spawned you. a whole fetish subreddit somewhere. Yeah. Love you. Love, 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 love. Oh, always, and he, and he can't get always t- faithfulness beyond any man deserving. I will keep the color of your eyes with no other world remembers your name. That's actually a pretty there great line, no though. There is no immortality but a tree's love. Oh, oh God, I'm engaged to a Douglas fir. <laughs> that is, again, with, with the Art Carney kind of like Bing Crosby thing going on. Hey, what are you doing here? Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh so he calls God. for the unicorn. He's like, "Fucking help me out here!" Oh yeah, unicorn so comes she... up and taps her beak. What's <laughs> yeah, it called? The, her horn. The tree. Her... Yeah, <laughs> the no, the unicorn's beak. <laughs> to the to the ropes, and they the, snap, and the, the tree... trees are. Oh no! You keep away! <laughs> I never realized how much I want to fuck Mother Trash Heap until now. Oh God! <laughs> she walks up. Tree gets angry and says she will never have him. That hussy. <laughs> Uh, she touches the rope and the with her horn, and the tree turns back into. I just love the idea. There's a sexual tree. competition between a horse and a tree for this wizard's love. Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> with uh, the, with the harpy just watching. It. Oh god! Already, so there's too much like, titties in this movie for me. Shit. I love titties. This is too much. Tune into Tokyo. Too much titties for me. Oh my god! That's just. I don't think about grandma titties, especially giant wooden. I just, <laughs> it is, it smells like cum. That scene mm, where I could just oh, like, I, mm. I, I can just see, all, I, I can just imagine all the cum that's been spilled by very emotionally damaged people over that one scene. I mean, it's not the end of the yeah. world or anything like that, but. <laughs> well, you know, back in the eighties, you took what you could get. And I mean seriously. I, did, I but even even with that, I did not take this. <laughs> you see, I no, thank you. I mean, hmm. we that, all well, have that's the funny limits. thing when it's not like when, when like you're not even being turned on by thing, but you know something's going on there that someone else must be like. Yeah, when you just realize this is like this is like the result of someone else's fetish because you could realize mm-hmm. it's sexualized just enough. Like, with such enough energy that you're like, this isn't my thing, but this is definitely someone else's thing. And it's just kind of like, ugh. It's like so- yeah. discovering someone else's, like, jerk-off sock or something like that. Where you're like, I mean, I understand the biological impulse that re- re- results in the creation of this item, but still, meh, don't want it. Don't, At least don't. they didn't give the tree wood, like, not nipples or something. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of surprised they did. I'm sure there's some sketches <laughs> and, like, some of the rough animation there was. And they're like, no, we're trying to go for PG yeah. here. Oh, yeah, God. Or like a, a bush at the bottom well, of the face of the, the tree. Especially with all the spiky shit coming off of Mama Fortuna's head, uh, hat, uh, head tree. I can totally see having these big sprinky nipples and... Oh, I don't even... Mm. Yeah. No, so anyway, no, 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 That scene... That <laughs> scene ends. too long talking about this scene. Yeah, that scene ends. Oh. And they walk into the woods and run into Molly, who spots the unicorn and demands to know where she's been. Damn you, where have you been? How dare you? How dare you come to yeah, her she's now? she's got a gun now that she's that waving she around and she's this, drunk. And... 
Yeah. She's such a turd. Oh, really? Not, That's my favorite scene in the whole movie. It's it's not her life choices that made her the way she is. It's the fact that a unicorn never came in and was like, Faye, fuck it, don't be dumb. Uh, no, but that's kind of the thing. That's the kind of, you know, if you're a girl and you're in the unicorns, you know, you have the fantasy that, you know, one day a unicorn might sw- ooh, meet you and swap off your feet and you go on adventures, but now unicorn shows up. Now you're, I guess Molly Gur's like 40, <laughs> and that makes her way too old to, to be able to <laughs> properly enjoy the company of a war. Well, there's also a sh- sexual component, because... Unicorns are about versional magic and fucking power and stuff like this. And this unicorns finally showed up. Now this woman's old, old and haggard, and been fucking Captain Candy or whatever the fuck that pirate guy is. Or I don't know. It's, Captain it, there's, Candy. There's, 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 there's some very human shit going on. It's some kind of adult shit going on in the scene, which I really love. And again, Tammy yeah. Grimes, I love her performance in this, and that's 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 the mm, there's something going on there where I'm like, oh yeah, even as a kid, I was like, man, that's super fucking sad. Her reaction to seeing that unicorn for the first time, and that, very yeah. sad and very adult in a way that I didn't quite parse as a kid. That now watching it as an adult, especially now I'm essentially Molly Gru's age, I like I kind of appreciate that a little more. And again, mm. the kind of the gender thing with the lady, uh, unicorn running across the lady for the first time, and just being like, oh my god, where the fuck were you when I could have actually used you in my life or believed in you or like I don't know. It's, so eventually Molly says, oh, I, I forgive you. And the unicorn should have been like, I didn't ask to be forgiven. I'm you know what? I wonder if there was a line like that, but that would have made her seem like more of an asshole after this like out, out, outpouring of emotion from Molly Gru. So the, uh, yeah, so the unicorn's just like, ah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then Molly decides she's coming with him. Spentrick says, he doesn't even know where they're going, but they're going to King Hagger's castle. And Molly's like, pfft going the wrong way go go this way so the three of them set out again mm-hmm. with a, a soft song that just, just i think this is just, a yeah maybe this is the reprise just, of man's road yeah it's it just rolls into the red bull showing up and starting to chase the unicorn it's a very brisk tonal shift oh does it yeah it's the song and it fades out to the flames of the red bull showing up. oh yeah you're not kidding i'm sorry i'm watching it as, as you're talking about it and like i'm lagging like like just like 30 seconds behind but yeah just suddenly out mm. of the blue yeah oh and this is this is what starts the boring part of the movie yeah that's why when so, i whenever i watch this movie i forget like the whole last half of this movie happens yeah, yeah. so the, the red bull starts chasing the unicorn and and Molly just keeps yelling at schmendrick to do something he's like i can't do anything do think, and she's like, like who do, do you something? think i am yeah, and she just keeps yelling at him because she's an asshole. And then he says if he was a real <laughs> Molly magician... Grew, you're talking to Molly Groove fan number one over here. Yeah, he says that if he was a real magician, he turned it into something the Red Bull doesn't care about. But he can't pretend not to be a real magician. So Molly says he is a real magician and do something. Yeah, if you dare to look inside yourself to blah, blah, blah. He starts chanting magic do as you will, and the magic does as it do, and the Red Bull leaves. And Molly's like, what have you done? What have you done? It's like, hey, asshole, you told me to do something, so I did something. I saved her. Stop being the turn into punch bowl and ruining this party. (laughs) I get the feeling that Molly Grew is some kind of, like, unicorn expert because she's the only one who seems to really appreciate what bad thing that uh, has happened as a result of uh, the, the last unicorn being turned into the first sexy lady of the forest. Um, mm-hmm. that, like, yeah, where Smendrick's just like, hey, wh- I saved her ass, and, like, wh- what's the problem here? And, like, yeah, Molly Grew's just like, which, again, as a kid, was, like, really, like, like, the fact that, like, Molly Grew has this, like, innate connection to 
the last unicorn I always thought was kind of interesting that like she's been really has been living her whole life to like meet this creature that she actually understands like what's at stake for this creature more than pretty much anyone else's just like it's, it's an unspoken thing but I thought it was interesting and I always thought it was kind of like yeah even as a kid I was like who they just saved her life and turned her into a sexy naked lady I don't see the problem in this but yeah, well, yeah. as watching it as an adult then, now I'm like oh yeah I can see why Molly Grew's upset about this well he says the magic chose her shape yeah. her shape not him He's just a vessel for the magic, and she says he's an idiot, and he's trapped her in a human body. Shut the fuck up, Molly. I didn't see you doing shit when the bull was chasing her and around. And this magic realizes she doesn't have any pants on, and then he's like, oh, wait, what? And he's like, oh, I did a good thing. How you doing? <laughs> so she wakes up and is super bummed about being a human. She's she like... Can feel she can feel the body dying around her. It's Jesus Christ, even as a shit. kid, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see, like, I, I, see, I can see the logic in that, and that does bring up the question that, like, can we feel our dying, our, our bodies dying all around us? And if we just become, an, like, an, a null to it? Just because... Yeah, the but, Bill, what if you're already dead on the inside? That's mm -hmm. true, too, and then it just doesn't mm -hmm. matter anymore, and you just keep on yeah. buying... Uh, uh, figure art Star Wars toys all the time mm -hmm. because your, yep. your your podcast mate bought you one and now you're kind of addicted. <laughs> you want to buy them all. Oh no! Oh, I still got you on a horrible path. Oh, okay, you may have. Oh god. Oh no! Don't do that. But no. yeah, Molly grew like tries to like like pepper up by saying, "Hey, now you can drink coffee and 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 poop." Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I. Oh, wait till you have your first menstrual cycle. We're gonna be awesome. That's what I, mean. I wanted to say. Uh, of course, the best outtake of this would be like, yeah, the fucking uh, the unicorn reacted the first time to having to take a shit or like use a toilet or anything like that for like, oh my god, what's coming out of me? Yeah. There's an episode of Star Trek: <laughs> Star Trek: The Next Generation. Where, uh, where data shits. Well, Q, who's like this inhuman, you know, god character, gets turned into yeah. a human for the first time, and his reaction to like falling asleep for the first time, where he's like slowly begins to fall unconscious against his will, is hilarious. And I always thought about it. You know, of course, like you know, the the funniest part would be the first thing he has to use the bathroom. So of course, I'm thinking about that here too. But anyway, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah, so Schmendrick says that only in that shape can she go to Hager's castle and find the other unicorns. Which I guess is true. Right? If you're just infiltrating yeah. the castle, I guess that makes more sense, but yeah. So, so Molly's like, why not turn her back right now? And Schmendrick's like, yeah, sure. If you think you can kill the Red Bull. And she's like, nah, I can't do that. But this shit, this new body sure is scary. So then they approach <laughs> King Hager's again. castle. <laughs> So they approach King Haggard's castle, where a couple of voices uh, say a man and two women approach, and what the other guy says, "Yeah, look at that weird-looking lady. She has a newness about her. What the fuck does that even mean?" She's like a hot fifteen-year-old. That, 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 that's their way of speaking around, <laughs> just being pedophiles oh, okay. around. <laughs> the is like, "I've heard this before when men talk about him wanting to fuck small <laughs> children. I'm used to this shit. I'm already over this shit." Oh man. Oh god. So, yeah. So as they walk, uh, uh, they walk up and they reach the gate. None of our says, main characters are wearing shoes now. I should point out too. I just look oh, watching huh. the movie. Everyone's barefooted except well, Schmendrick's hmm. got tights on. But anyway, so uh, they reach the gate and Schmendrick says who they are and that the unicorn is his his cousin, the lady Almalthia, and a nice cover, Schmendrick. You really did. You didn't plan that one ahead. At least yeah, he had a name. It could have gotten worse with yeah. the name front. The whole like she's my cousin thing doesn't wear too well, but like yeah. She's my uh she's my my cousin. Um men 
Good job. <laughs> Schmen dickless? <laughs> yeah. So. Schmen. So Her name's Sh Schmen. Schmen. And your name's Schmendrick? Sh yes, we have a strange family. <laughs> Schmendrick says they'll state their business with King Haggard only, so they walk through the halls and there's a roar and Drift Bridges like, Hey, don't worry about it, it's only the bull. Yeah, don't worry about the 20-foot tall flaming ghost bull. Don't worry that about it That lives in our all. basement for absolutely no reason. Yeah. So Christopher Lee leads Haggard, them to Haggard's throne room where Schmendrick's like, Man, this place is a shithole. I can't believe that. Fuck, oh, who would <laughs> fucking want to stay here? This is what a garbage dump. What the fuck is King Haggard doing? And the, the guy that led them there is like, I am King Haggard. Hey, guess he's what? Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Tug on my collar. Whoops. <laughs> uh, uh, and then, and this is Prince Lear, played by Tron. Yeah. Oh, wait. I, I, well, not Tron. Because I, yeah, I made this joke on Twitter, too. It's like, technically, it's not Tron, Tron, but he's Tron because he came from the movie Tron. Like, Die Hard jumped through the yeah. window. Well, in that case, Die Hard yeah. is Die Hard, but yeah. yeah for, 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 what, are we, what else are we going to call him? We're not going to call him the Big Lebowski because fuck that shit. Um, yeah. We can call him um, True Grits. Starman. Mm. Starman. Have you seen Starman? What the? F I, You've no? never even heard of Starman. I might have heard of it, but it's not ringing any. Starman is an ET ripoff, except what if ET was stupid, sexy Jeff Bridges having sex with Elliot, and what if Elliot was the love interest <laughs> from Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm so just saying, really, this is a movie. Really traumatic halfway through that sentence. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's, why, that's what Starman is. It's E.T. with boners. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, fucking... I, I have no notes for this whole last half of the film, because like I said, it's all just like a... It's, there's no plot happening. It's just emotional stuff. There's a fucking wizard, yeah. there's a thing, there's a cat, and then, then they escape through the basement at <laughs> the end. Yeah, uh, so they want to work through... for for the king and he's like fuck that i don't i don't i don't need it i got four people in my court and smendry's like what about stories wine feasts all that hot shit king haggard's like ah, i got them all and they ain't shit that dookie garbage had made me happy <laughs> dookie garbage <laughs> that he won't keep anything near him that don't make him happy yeah he, he does have one magician though and molly says that that magician isn't bringing you any joy and he's like that's well, a yeah, good point and she's <laughs> Prove it, and she's like, "Look at yourself," and he's like, "Hey, you got a point." Oh, you played my ass, I guess so. <laughs> and then he calls up, and he's like, "Hey, magician, get your ass out here!" And the magician shows up, and he's like, "Yo, Schmendrick, what up, boy?" <laughs> I don't know if the magicians all know each other. There is, it is a closed club in this 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 wide <laughs> wide huge world. Yeah. Oh. Uh. But he hears that Schmendrick is his replacement because the master magician hasn't brought Haggard joy, so maybe an incompetent one will. Which, and, hey, you uh, know, I, I do love Schmendrick takes the hit. He's not arguing about this stuff. He's like, hey, whatever, yeah. yeah. So the magician starts to cast some spell, but the unicorn stops him by just standing there. Oh, I didn't laughs. get that it was the unicorn that fucks it up. Yeah, he yeah. laughs and says... And the, the prince is like, come on, I'll write you a reference letter. Which I thought that was great, like, and also kind of breaking, again, like a real world thing happening in this fantasy world, but. Yeah. Well, I guess reference then, letters could have happened in fantasy medieval times. I guess something like that would have had, had to happen eventually. Yeah, so, uh, the, the wizard says that he won't be Hagger, he wouldn't want to be in Hagger's shoes, and he pieces the fuck out of there. So Haggard asks the unicorn why why is she looking at and what's she looking at? And he said she says, the sea, then he freaks out because he can't see her, himself in her eye reflection. You know, 
how often you're always looking in people's eyes and noticing your own reflection. It happens to me on a daily basis. I mean, when you're a king who has deep-seated emotional issues and you can just command people to sit still until you can see your own reflection in the other people's eyes, I guess after a while you might be able to get used to having that power and that ability to do that, but yeah. Yeah, it's he demands kinda, to, yeah. He demands to know who she is, and the prince Prince Lear's like, it don't matter, she here right now. And Hagrid's like, yeah, you right, boy. And then everybody leaves. And he tells the unicorn, uh, the prince tells the unicorn, hey, I, I get you some satin and shit, even though my sh my clothes are obviously rags. We'll dress you up real nice and fancy. See, it's just like, well, you've, been, well, you've been keeping the good stuff where? Why aren't you guys using it? What the fuck kind of place is this? Uh, yeah, it would be great if they had actually, like, if they had just got like, caught up with the, the, the king and his uh, prince, like, a month later, and they would have worn through the last of their dew clothes, and they're just wearing the fancy satin dresses and stuff, or, like, the last, like, intact clothing left in the whole castle. Yeah. Uh, but... They're, like, they're, like, the, the, uh, the, the Mongols back in the day where they would just wear their leathers until they rotted off their body. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Atil That's... During Attila's the Hung groups where their shit <laughs> until it rotted off their body. Wow, okay. Oh, man. Unfortunately, it starts to close part of the movie where the main character has been running around pantsless for the last 20 minutes, which is, you know, is kind of how you doing. Mm. Uh, who, <laughs> so, okay, is Last Unicorn hotter before or after she's a, 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 a horse? I've never really found her attractive in either form. Okay, because I've seen uh, heated online debates about this going back into furry shit, I guess, but like... I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, yes, I have drawn inflation porn about her, <laughs> but that's... That's... That's she's, different. It's more... It's more possible for her to actually do vor when she's a horse. I guess, And also, yes. uh, was it live unbirthing? When you the squeeze a fully that? grown human out of your uh, out of your uh, out of your poofs poofs, um. Oh no. <laughs> well, I guess if your magic unicorn turned into a woman, you could find a way to like I don't know. Goodness, because what she has? No horse fadge. So <laughs> another like, song what? matage happens. God, what a curse in existence that would be. Anyway, <laughs> another song montage. Oh yeah, with shit a, happens. And stuff, th stuff. there's a moment where there's a sinister-looking crow, but nothing comes of it. But yeah. they linger on this crow, like, look at this fucking crow. Well, especially I wonder evil. if that crow was supposed to be like, because Molly Grew's or not Molly Grew, um, Mama Fortuna had a crow. And I don't know if that was supposed to be any kind of, or maybe they're just making just. That's what I thought. It's a creepy crow, know. just because Haggard lives in fucking Castlevania, so they just it was a crow yeah. was the key, creepy thing they could put in there. But yeah. Prince Lear rides out, kills the fuck out of some dragon, and shockingly, showing the severed head of the dragon does, does nothing to the unicorn. It does not win her favor. Yeah. He holds it up and is like, "You like this? I murdered this for you. Are you impressed?" Yeah, I guess Prince Lear has kind of grown up, grown up in this world without people around her around him a little bit like uh the last unicorn herself where he, like he's a little under socialized so he doesn't know quite how to court her better well he even actually comes out and says this later like he doesn't know how to court her any uh, other than just being a hero and i guess he just happens to have all these random mythical evil monsters living around the castle that he could just go out and slay every day and bring back bits of to impress her and she's just like what the hell are you doing yeah um, so uh... i guess in also in the original version of this film uh, the dragon made Godzilla sounds, while the Red Bull made Gamera sounds, but, uh, they got a cease and desist from Toho, uh, after a while, so I guess, like, the DVD version had to, uh, cut those sound effects out. Also, there's a one-eyed cat. Yeah. With a peg, with a peg leg. Voiced by Paul Freeze. 
and uh, after after the montage is over, the song ends. The prince is peeling potatoes, bitching about how the unicorn doesn't like them. He's killed all of the things, but her underwear is as dry as it was when she first arrived at the castle. He even makes a desert sound of. <laughs> yep. Molly, <laughs> Molly says, is like, oh god, no, that's the <laughs> not to like give cartoon sound effects to the state of her underwear. Molly says maybe she doesn't want to kill him to kill shit for her. Fuck, maybe I don't know, maybe a poem. And it, it then then Molly being an asshole goes and bitches at the unicorn that she should stop <laughs> being so mean to Lear. Hey, Molly should try to help. Leave Molly our alone. She's doing her she, best. She's the most she's human like, character. Hey, in this I thing. know you're a unicorn, but maybe you should bang this prince. What? Else? I mean, there is literally nothing else to do in this castle except peel potatoes and talk to cats. But oh. unicorns having issues remembering that his human body is human bodies fucking her up. So she's gonna sing about how now that she's a woman, oh. everything is strange. Mm, yeah. Please be a fair. I know. This is the cheer Please. up, Charlie, no. of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I actually. Well, no, it's their duet when they sing together. I actually wrote this is the cheer up, Charlie, of this movie, <laughs> and I fast forward it every time. This is the shapoopy of oh. this movie. Oh, Mia Farrow, please, no. Yeah, you know, which is oh. funny, because you think she has she, she has a pretty nice uh, speaking voice. You think she'd have a better, like, singing voice, but... Go ahead and hit that last note of the song, Mia. Nope, nope, you missed it. Nope, you, you didn't get it. Good job. <laughs> so Molly tells oh. her that Schmendrick is looking for a way down to the Red Bull, and the unicorn says, Hey, that fool ain't shit. He's just a jester now. And Molly's like, hey, hey, don't be a dick. He's... He's running interception for you. I do, yeah. Stop being an asshole. And the unicorn's like, <laughs> and runs in her room. I do like, yeah, Molly Gris says, you do him harm by talking shit about him. And then, yeah, yeah the fucking, yeah. Mm. That's what I'm saying. So Molly Gris is a good person. You know, she knows what she's talking about. She ain't wrong. Mm. So now the cat's <laughs> going to talk to Molly and mentions that they better hurry or else there's going to be no unicorn left in that body. Isn't Molly all like, oh shit, you here. talk now? No, she's like, no, she doesn't know. She doesn't care about that. She's more like, oh, you know that that's a unicorn? Oh, okay. Like, Fuck yeah, I'm a cat. And then she pets him and he says, oh, yes, that's it. A purr, <laughs> purr. And Paul Freeze is totally doing like his, vo- his like narration of Pirates of the Caribbean ride for the uh, voice for the cat, too. Which is yeah. suiting because the cat's got like a peg leg, which is great. Um, yeah. Again, so my- <laughs> that, that cat is way over designed for what it had to be. Yeah, Molly demands to know how to get to the Red Bull, so he just gives her a riddle because he pretty much just says that it. Uh, I'm an cats are assholes, so here's a riddle. Yeah, it's kind of needless like fantasy plot complication of just like it's a riddle so, when I could just told you what was what. So King Lear says there's four people in his court, so that's him, Lear, the magician, and is he counting the cat? Is that the fourth? Somewhere online, they were talking about how he had like four men at arms. That were supposed to be, it... that they're characters in the books, but, like, mm. and it gets mentioned at some point during the film. I don't know, maybe that yeah. is that scene, but uh, you never see them in the film. Um, okay. But, yeah, so maybe that's what he's talking about. But okay. you never, Even so... though the characters seem to be here for, like, three months. Like, yeah. we, like there's never any implication that, like, anyone else is here. Nah. So the, the cat gives a riddle. When the wine drinks itself. When the skull speaks, when the clock strikes the right time, only then will you find the lair to the Red Bull. Yar. <laughs> Keep I, your I, hands I, and feet inside the moving vehicle at all times. Women are thirsty, parts, they, they put for <laughs> What? 
That's what it says at the end of the Matterhorn ride. Oh, it's is a, that really? They all, they also use it in the clip on the No Doubts, uh, uh, one of their songs. Oh, really? Oh, is that like yeah. Tragic Kingdom? Oh, did they actually in the Tragic yeah. Kingdom album? Did they actually work in Disney clips? Yeah, it's it's just uh, the end of the Matterhorn ride. It tells you to keep your hands and arms inside uh, of the 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 Matterhorn thing, and then Vemonestasic Dallas Boulevard. Interesting. Yeah, the first time you hear it, you're like, "That oh, I know." Is the Matterhorn supposed to take place in like Venezuela or something like that? No, they just have multiple languages. Oh, just multiple at the languages. Okay. People get back to multiple languages. I don't know why they would be speaking Latin on a Matterhorn. So, uh, uh, stuff so happens. Things again. Like what, I said, I didn't take notes for this whole half of the movie. No, Bill, I have an important question got a for butthole you. Butthole on her head. Bill. What is their plan once they get to the Red Bull's lair? Um, what is their plan when they get to the castle? This is I this is one of the few notes I did take. Um, ba 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 ba. Yeah, what is uh, what exactly is the unicorn plan during like the 3 months she shacked up with Tron and Dracula in their castle? Everyone is just laying about, but no one is asking about or even looking for the Red Bull or the other unicorns. Supposedly Schmendrick is, but what Well, Schmendrick is trying to run interference, it? it seems like he's trying to keep the king busy. Yeah. And, like, everyone else, it's really just the unicorn's just, like, fucking... I don't know what... She's, like, fucking practicing how to shit without getting it all over her hands. And the... the, the I guess the prince is out, out killing things, and I guess Molly Grusha's making potatoes. It's like, yeah, th yeah. that's... The, the movie totally loses steam in this back half because you have no sense of what's going on. It just It's just coasting on uh, the soap opera energy of like, oh, she's a pretty pretty anime girl now, and now Tron maybe wants to have sex with her, and now he's killing these things, and we're going to have a couple songs that are the worst songs in the whole project. And mm. yeah, it's it's it's... It's this whole half of the movie's always lost me. It's it's really beautiful and stuff. I love Christopher Lee. I love Jeff Bridges and stuff. But like, there's no plot here. It's just meandering. Yeah. Like it's almost like watching a Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie in terms of like, I would I'd like a table closer to the plot now, please. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, later, Schmendrick's bitching about how Hager's making him do dumb shit, which is. It looked like it was making him happy because he was making him do shit in the snow and Schmendrick dropped all the shit and Lear was like, ha ha, and laughed at him. Yeah. Although, again, after three laughed. months of that stuff, I mean, maybe, maybe that footage was filmed on the first day, but like, mm. yeah, like after three months later, you're like, oh my god, I still have to keep on, ugh, ugh. And like, but, the, 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 the King Haggard has nothing else to do. It's not like he can like, just like start, like, you know, turn on his uh, fucking entertainment system or start playing the switch or something like that like it like fucking schmendrix is his only source of information you know it's fuck or entertainment yeah. Ugh. but molly's hype because she found the skull also lear has a poem he has written uh oh no oh so so now the unicorn later is having a nightmare about harpies and wakes up to another nightmare lear trying to do poetry <laughs> walking up the stairs outside her room yeah and she does her she doesn't recognize him at first, and she starts to go back to Rome, but he's like, Hold up, baby, what can I do for you? Yeah, and this part where he says, like, if I could court you better, I would, and stuff like that, because he, yeah, like, he's, he's, like, he's hey, tried everything yo, at this point, yeah. If you could make my dreams go away, that'd be pretty cool. And then he starts to sing. Jeff Bridges is also not a singer. Yeah. And then they, then they throw doves at each other, <laughs> and those doves fly away and land in a forest, and then change into them, and then they sing together. 
ends in much like Sherlock Charlie. It's fast forward. It's just yeah. Who, I literally who needs it. We're I'm watching this along with you, and I'm fast forwarding it now just because I don't want to watch it. Like even while you're talking about <laughs> it, I'm just like, this is. I don't hate it. It's just yeah. there's no backbone to what's happening here. There's no st- stakes, or you don't even. There's no plot happening. It's just a bunch of fucking around. And if yeah. I had, and it's, it wouldn't be so bad if the main character wasn't like this weird cipher who you know. Um, even if she falls in love with this guy, that kind of spells certain death for her. It's like identity death. And, like, it's not yeah. a good thing, so you're not really swept up in, like, the will they, won't they. It's more just, like, the situation's fucked up eight ways to Sunday and doesn't make sense because you have no sense of how much time is happening or whether or not these people have a plan or anything. It's just ha- it's a bunch of random happenings. So to finish their song, mercifully, and they Yeah, kiss. it's only, yeah, it's one and of the shortest songs. Who, who needs a unicorn horn when you can get the other kind of horn? Yeah, boy. He's gonna yeah. peg. Or she's gonna peg him. Yeah. So, uh, Shvendrick is looking at a busted ass clock and a skeleton and bitching about riddles. And then the prince and the unicorn walk by, and he's like, "Fuck you! Ain't related to that fool. I ain't dumb." And then that scene ends. And <laughs> yeah, this later, is that, that that part of the movie where it's and that scene ends. It's just like utter <laughs> later. Yeah. On one of the the castle towers, the unicorn's looking at, just hanging out, and Hagar comes up. I said, he gonna get her. Ooh, he gonna get her so good. And she's like, okay, yeah. Hey, look, here comes your son. He coming home. And he's like, fuck, girl, he ain't my son. I just found him on the doorstep and was like, shit, maybe it'd be good for a laugh. Oh, it was amusing at first. But then I was like, yucko, bored with this. Get it, I had the skeleton have him yeah. change his diapers from then on. Yeah. <laughs> and then... He yells at her about how he how he knows her, and she better not yank his chain. And he knows, ooh, he knows. And she's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And he's like, oh, he's like, fucking, let's look at the sea. Look at that shit. All those unicorns in there. You see all those unicorns? They fill me with joy. Oh, this oh, is the explanation the first, of what's actually the, really the, happening. The, okay, the yeah. first time I saw a unicorn, I thought I was gonna die. Oh, it's so good. And then I said to the Red Bull, who I had known for many years at this time, <laughs> what to call it together? <laughs> I said to the Red Bull, I gotta have them. I got. I must have all of them. I got a total hard on for unicorns. I gotta catch them all, all 150 of them. <laughs> and I did. And you are my missing no. Oh, that's a cute way to put it. She's like, I get that <laughs> reference because I only the only magazine that would just deliver to my neighborhood was Nintendo Power in the forest. And he says she is the last, and she's like, and she's like, I don't see no unicorns. I just, it's just water. And then he gets mad and says he'll throw her down there himself. Is but that insinuating I, that she's losing her magic abilities because she can't see the unicorns? I mean, they're already yeah. insinuating she's becoming more and more human. She's losing herself in in the decaying flesh of our sexy body, but. <laughs> and he's like, oh, but your eyes, your eyes have become as empty and oh, yeah. as those that have never seen a unicorn. Dup, and then dup, he sees dup. his reflection in her eyes and is like, oh, fuck, I do not look healthy. And he leaves. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, I had spinach in my teeth during this whole conversation. I'm utterly embarrassed. <laughs> oh, God, I can't. I had I can't spaghetti even sauce on my chin. <laughs> Turns out he just had a fucking Chick McNugget hanging in his little white beard that he totally like. I was like, oh, shit. She's not gonna take anything so, I said just now seriously. She's, she, of course, she's not gonna believe there's fucking unicorns living in the lake below my house. <laughs> I look like a fucking yeah. crazy person on the subway. She she almost cries, but then Smedrick comes. Yeah, up she's and like, hey, she's gonna have to put no, up with only no, being a hot like sixteen year old like pastel <laughs> lady for the rest of her life. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, don't cry, don't cry. If you do, if you cry, you're too human, and no magic could bring you back. Come on, let's go talk to some bones. So they go and talk to some <laughs> well, laughing bones. Up. Let's talk to a dead guy. Yeah. Who who laughs and tells them I need to ask him how to find a red bull, but he's like, I'm not telling you, teehee. <laughs> Even when they say please, he just laughs at them. And this is played by Odo and the the, the guy from Benson and the chef from The Little Mermaid. Yeah, he's... he must have been filming Benson when they did this too, because that was like prime 1982 shit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, laughing, uh, he's it's so nice to have someone to play with. And Smendrick says, "Never mind him, give me the wine." And he's like, "Fucking wine!" What did you say? I do love his personality kind of changes when the wine gets brought up, and he's he's no longer the same being fuck you. He's suddenly like, "Oh, I gotta give me some." He's he's the Chappelle Show character with like, "Get into them rocks." <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So Molly says she couldn't find any wine, but she got some water. Maybe you can turn the water into wine. And the the the, the skeleton's like that asshole. Not likely. <laughs> so Smendrick turns his back to the pile of bones. This is pretty great. The water and says says some magic words, but it didn't work. And there's nothing in the bottle anymore. And he's like, oh, I should just throw it out. It's not very good. No body. And the skull's like, fuck that, give it to me, I'll drink the fuck yeah, out of it. Yeah, he starts getting the shakes at the thought that these guys might check out this wine without giving yeah. any to him, yeah. And then Smendrick's like, what, you ain't got no tongue, you got no nose, you can't smell, you can't taste it. He's like, yeah, but I remember. Oh, I remember. So they make a trade for the wine for the info, and he's like, just gotta, just walk through the clock. Just, and they're like... He has to repeat it a right. couple times, like, no, this seriously, like, it's just the clock is the door, just, there's no... <laughs> they're like, at the right time, and he's like, no, there is no... Just, just walk through, just fucking walk, go get through it. And so, even though this, like, last five minutes of the movie has been great, this last five minutes of the movie has amounted to nothing plot-wise, because it's just, it's just, like fantasy trickery just like oh it's just it but i mean it's kind of like i mean the whole movie labyrinth is made of bits of this where it's just random like guesses and jokesters and stuff like that just yeah but so they, they give him the wine he drinks it and uh blushes i do love yeah he just do. drinks the the the, the, the he just drinks from the empty bottle and just it's kind of great yeah it's it's kind of a weird creepy scene i i really do like it so they start to go towards the clock, but the skull's eyes glows red, and he's like, oh, fuck that girl. <laughs> I guess oh. the wine just gave him the magic power to realize that she's a fucking unicorn, I guess. His eyes glow in red. Yeah. Unicorn, unicorn. And yelling for Haggard, and she's going down to see the Red Bull shit. And Haggard comes running in and is like, I know, I know, shut up. <laughs> no, Haggard comes down and starts attacking Schmendrick. After the first, the, the unicorn and Molly run through the clock. And it turns and they, into farts in the clock. It's like green gas. <laughs> yeah, and... it's, yeah, they're they're wandering around inside a green fart fog. And Prince Lear is there, too. I just sure, randomly, why not? even just, though uh, they've suggested that, like, only King, only King uh, Haggard knew the way into this. I just, again, I, uh, whatever, okay, things are just happening randomly. <laughs> Yeah, because we got we got to get to the end. There's only ten minutes left, so the movie's just kind of like whatever. Fuck it, let's just get the characters together. Schmendrick joins them, and Haggard destroys the clock on the outside. So now they just gotta press on to do things. 
So they fill the prince in on the whole unicorn thing, and the prince is like, Yeah, you know, I'm not surprised by this. She's fucking hot. She, I'm not surprised she's a unicorn. And it's, I love who I love. And Spencer is like, sure, sure. But when I change her back, and he goes, love is love. I will fuck a horse. Don't you test me, magician. <laughs> All you have to do is give me a magical big horse dick, and we can just, it's, I've always wanted that anyway, so it's a plus plus in both cases. But now the unicorn doesn't want to be a unicorn. She doesn't want Lear to let Smentric change him back. But Lear's like, nah, nah, nah. You are on a quest. And if you don't finish that quest, you'll never get 100% on your save file. And you'll never get that platinum trial trophy. You gotta finish. And now Molly bitches at Smentric not to change her back. Hey, asshole. Were you the one that shit-talking him when he first changed her? Oh, such an asshole, Molly. Although it is true that they, they're, 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 they know the Red Bull's down there and he's going to be looking for a unicorn. So this is a bad time to be thinking about turning her back into a, uh, into a, into a, into a horse again. Yeah, so Smendrick, uh, the oh, oh no, the Red Bull is there now. And somehow she knows she's a unicorn. It's, yeah, and, again, and it's... They start to run, and the unicorn trips and, and twists her tiny little ankles. So the prince leaps to her aid and doesn't do anything. He just kind of stands there, away. makes strike an anime pose, and the red bull yeah. just kind of stomps its feet while the plot, uh, not while well, the plot tries to kick in again. But yeah, Shmendrake uses his magic and change her back into a unicorn. I do like her clothes screams. get blown off when that happens, though. Molly screams at him to do something because she's a dick, and <laughs> and now the. And now they are all outside, and the unicorns be pushed into the sea, and everyone demands Shmendrick, do something! We're just gonna stand here and look at you until you do something! And he's like, I can't do anything. That's what heroes are for. And Lear's like, of course that's what heroes are for. Now, a smart person wouldn't stand in front of just a regular old run-of-the-mill, boring, flesh-and-blood charging bull, but this fucking moron right here... Well, he, he just stands in front of a 20-foot-tall, flaming magic Red Bull with his arms outstretched. And he goes, <laughs> And he just kind of, like, falls over way. then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think he would have brought a sword or something? Slingshot, a shield. The, I think the bull knocked it away or something. Or, or, I mean, I know none of that stuff would really happen when you're fighting, like, a like a two-ton flaming fucking bull. But, like, yeah, it's it's just, I don't, it's the, I, what? It's, things are happening, I guess. Yeah. So the unicorn, seeing this brave act of stupidity, gets mad and starts to fight back, which is just her walking towards the red and bull. And I guess the bull is down. just, like, if it's he never been challenged, so it just kind of like backs away, yeah. Bitch! He just starts backing into the sea, and that's all it took? The bull is a straight-up bitch-ass punk. Yeah. So now, the unicorns come in the ocean, or ride, come riding in on the waves, and I... A lot of pencil mileage getting burned off here, yeah. yeah. Even... <laughs> I always found that the images of them, all these unicorns heads bobbing and weaving on the waves as they come riding in, just silly as shit. Yeah. I, <laughs> it always made me laugh. I, it's, 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 yeah. It's, it's okay. I, I see what they were going for, and I guess it could have been done a little bit more majestically, but it, it works. You get the gist. And, like, the movie's rushing so quickly towards the end now. It, they don't really yeah. give you a lot of chance, a lot of time to really digest, like, yeah. really pick it apart or anything like that. It's just, like, a handful of shots with, like, a thousand different, like, uh, unicorns. And uh, part of me was like, oh, yeah, before CG, this must have been extra rough, just hand-drawing all these, like, uh, fucking horse... Like, especially animating horses running, that's never any fun to do if you're animating. And then, you know, you've got, like, a thousand unicorns and just, like, 
Yeah, it, 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 it makes sense that they would just kind of rush the ending here a little bit. Yeah. So a choir sings as the unicorns ride over Haggard's castle, which decides it's going to start crumbling and falling apart. And Hager is standing up there being like, the last, I knew you were the last, so if you think about it, I technically won. Ah! He falls into the sea. And, yeah. And on the beach, the unicorn, uh, the one unicorn, stuck around and brings Lears back to life by booping his schnoot. Do we know horn. this is the last unicorn that we know? Because there was a whole bunch of I, unicorns. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah I, I never thought about that until now, guess. but like the fact that there's one, maybe this is just an extra curious unicorn that's stuck behind. It's actually not the same one we've been tracking. She, yeah, the the one, uh, the unicorn we've been in with the whole movie just ran just off. Just got the fuck out just, of here. It's like, I'm tired yeah. of this shit. Well, I love the <laughs> idea that all unicorns the have one. the exact same personality and voices like Mia Farrow and stuff. Like, they're all just like clones. It's great. Yeah, oh. so, uh, Lear wakes up and goes, I had that same dream. Oh, I was dead. Hell yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Okay. And they help him to his feet, and he looks on as the unicorn runs off, and he's like, wait, I want to fuck you. Oh. She runs off. And then later in a clearing, Lear says goodbye to Schmendrick and Molly, and he's like, man, I wish I could have seen her one last time with that good, good horse booty. And he's like, he's oh. like, he, he, like, now that she was a horse, I could see her vagina for free. <laughs> and Schmendrick's like, ah, she knows that you would love, love, love. And the prince rides off. And Molly and Schmendrick sleeping at night around a campfire. Schmendrick wakes up. I never occurred until unicorn. watching this that Schmendrick and Molly are a thing at the end of this movie, which kind of horrified me. I wouldn't say that. They're sleeping in well, different sleeping bags. Yeah, and they no, don't but smooch it's kind of or anything. It's, it's a little bit like thinking that R2 and 3P are actually fucking when no that. one is looking. We're like, I guess there's no reason why that's wrong, but you'd like, you never like, you're like, ah, oh, okay. Schmendrick sees a unicorn, goes talk to her, and she's like, fuck, I know regret now. And he's like, oh, sorry about that. And she's like, nah, 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 it's cool, I guess. It's kind of, yeah, okay. Yeah, regret, cool. <laughs> and, and she's also, Schmendrick is a true wizard now. Hurrah, hooray. And she's, she says, so long, and while America sings the first song again as she heads home in the montage. And that writing down the plot for this movie at the end made me realize there's not a lot of plot in this movie. Yeah. Oh, when did the not point... Not a lot of happen. Oh, this is, this, I think this is said right before they actually start the end of the movie, but like, uh, there are no happy endings because nothing ever ends. Uh, is uh, a little uh, line that Schmendrick has uh, right before they actually run up, uh, meet up with Red Bull be in the in the keep beneath the uh, 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 king's castle and stuff like that. Which that's a good way to put the, uh, the the end of the movie too, because even as a kid, I always wondered about that because everyone talks about happy endings, but you can't apply that to real life because yeah, life never moves, and like if you parcel life out into small little uh little stories yeah technically you could say some stories but like everyone else is always a character in someone else's life so even if you die happy that's not a happy ending to i don't know it's just i kind of like the, the the thing of that of course the america song kicks in it's all like super sad and bill's got no tear in his eye while he's even thinking about this song <laughs> the the unicorn. and she just runs Giannis. off and i guess yeah. yeah she runs back to her forest um, yeah, and I do like her little speech at the end too, where she's talking about how she's a little scared about even going back home because, uh, she's going to be different from the rest of her kind. Cause now, yeah, like you, you had mentioned that, like she has now tasted a bit of mortality and part of her, uh, personality is always going to be a little bit mortal yeah. and she's different. She has, and she's, she says technically from my point of view, it's the unicorns that are evil. The Sith are evil. The Jedi are evil. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that's the end of the movie. She walking around and oh, I didn't realize that it's it's uh the fucking harpy titty. Titty Harpy kind of follows her back to the forest too, which makes sense because oh, does it? I thought that was just a crow. I didn't. Yeah, there's the a crow, harpy. but I think there's also in the background. There's like a oh, anyway, but it's. She's like, I'm gonna eat you yet. Uh, so I guess all the the, the 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 last unicorn got to live together with her for the rest of her friends and family for the rest of. I guess they're all still immortal out there somewhere. Wouldn't I guess? Yeah. Yeah. We just they 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 just don't show up on satellite anymore. Yeah. That's the last unicorn. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm glad we talked about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, fun to talk about. What do you think now that it's over? I still think it's a good movie. Uh, um, I don't know if I could show it to somebody who has never seen it before and said, you're going to like this. Yeah. I don't know if I'm confident enough in it. Especially a younger person. I don't know how what they would think of like limited animation and the style. Uh, of course, it's also a 4 by 3 movie. Uh, um, so that always is going to look weird and like said, yeah, the enemy, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it is weird though, because it's four by three, but at the same time, when the princess is singing to, uh, Tron on the balconies, you can only see his hand. So it feels like it should have been wider. Yeah. They could have cropped it accidentally or like, yeah, the version we watched may have been like uh, mistakenly cropped. Uh, maybe it's still meant to be four by three, but maybe they had a larger image that they cut to accidentally cut down on some of the shots or something like that. Who knows? But yeah, no, last yeah, unicorn. Goddamn beautiful yeah, fucking movie. And yeah. a good half of a movie. <laughs> At least until she gets turned into a hot naked lady. But um yeah, yeah, there's not a ton of trivia about this movie other than uh Christopher Lee showed up to recording sessions. A little recording sessions with passages from his own personal copy of The Last Unicorn, uh, that he felt needed to be included in the story, uh, having been highlighted. Um, yeah, I guess he was kind of like Lord of the Rings. He was a huge, uh, Last Unicorn fan before he got asked to be part of the film. And so he was very, very particular about which parts needed to make it into the final film. Um, Lee also wound up voicing King Haggard in the German dub, because the dude could speak, uh, German. And became the godfather to the kids of one of the guys who wrote the film's score. So, yeah, yeah I guess nice. they made some real buddies on that film. Uh, Jeff Bridges buddy, buddy. offered to play Lince, uh, Prince Lear for free, because I guess he was also just a big fan of the book. And uh, huh. uh, Peter S. Beagle, the author you know, wrote the original novel, uh, didn't get paid for this uh, movie or any royalties derived from it until 2011, because I guess the company that financed this film went bankrupt right after the movie came out, hmm. and there was a whole bunch of just, like, contractual issues and stuff and like no one who worked on the film actually got got any royalties or any, any payment for this movie after that and so it's weird that, the, that that peter s beagle had to like spend 30 years just waiting to get and to see a fucking dime from this movie even though this is pretty inarguably the most famous thing that yeah. he's known for i it's he, he's probably more well known for having uh related to the film than even the book version of the, the last unicorn so but yeah i'm glad he got a couple bucks out of this eventually um, yeah, I think he was even selling copies of the DVD on his website that you get signed, like, after he finally got the royalties, uh, stuff, uh, up and running, they was like, oh yeah, you know, I will gladly sell you a copy of this movie now that I get royalties from it, so, yeah, <laughs> buy it from me and you'll get a signed copy of the movie, because I'm proud of it, but, that's The Last Unicorn! Yeah, what's happening next time? Uh, next time, oh man, you got a sad baby in the background. Um, yeah, you I'm kind of torn between doing two projects, either Clue or The Great Muppet Caper. I'm leaning mm. towards Clue, but The Great Muppet Caper, mm. I need to sit down and watch which one. I'll try to, like, make a decision for you. 
Uh, if mm-hmm. if people don't uh, pipe up and and on Twitter uh, to tell us which one they would prefer, uh, but s- yeah, I'm leaning towards Clue, but okay. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, so it's gonna be some. Yeah, it's gonna be because it's been a while since I've seen either of them, and so I'm not quite sure which one's gonna lend 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 to the best talk about it. But yeah, Clue or the Great Muppet Caper, then you're going to do your your next choice, and then I got one last choice yeah. to wrap up Marvelous May or whatever yeah. the hell we're calling this. And Yeah, so there'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out sooner than later what we're doing next week. It'll have Tim Curry or Charles Grodin. Either way, uh, we can't lose. It's true. Easy ways. Yeah, it's a win-win. <laughs> That was the last unicorn. Next time it's gonna be something. <laughs> we shall see. And Welcome to the world of Target take... the Party podcast. I'm gonna go take care of the crying baby because it's... he is not Target to the party. Yep. He's gonna experience it all. You're gonna get downstairs and find out he's got like a loaded gun that he's just murdered everyone in the house downstairs or something like that. Jesus Christ, he's angry. Yeah. He's your personal Red Bull. You're gonna have to go downstairs and confront him. See what's oh, going on. He's gonna, he's gonna force me into the sea. <laughs> no, don't do that. The sea of pee, because that's what's been mm. wrong with him this whole time. He's flooded the basement. Oh no, with our pee. non-existent basement. Yeah. Welcome to the Pacific Northwest. I didn't realize on the West Coast and the specific in the Pacific Northwest, not a lot of basements. It's true. Uh, as <laughs> I say this as I'm recording from a Pacific Northwest basement. This house that I'm living in seems to be one of the rare exceptions. But anyway, we should. Yeah, you got a baby to, to go go make sure it's not dead or exploding. Um, so yeah. yeah, we'll 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 get back to you guys next week. Uh, hopefully, you guys you guys had a good time uh, listening to us talk about the the, the last unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so until yeah. next time, keep filling your holes with pop culture. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. So last well, two weeks ago when we recorded, we were talking about what I was going to do. We, mm-hmm. I don't think we ever settled on what I was going to do after Last Unicorn, specifically. Because I was going to choose no, UHF. Specifically. And I saved that for after the podcast because I didn't want to spoil it for anyone because I assumed UHF was going to be a lock. We, you, we did, you did bring up Bill and Ted, so I'm assuming I'm going to do Bill and Ted last. That's how we're going to wrap up the month. But yeah, we never talked about specifically. Did you like? Well, like I did put a star on Clue, and I couldn't remember if we had talked about that off the off air. Uh, as um, I have not seen all of UHF. I made it halfway through. Yeah. No, I want something that you know too. That's the whole point of the month, though. Uh, we had talked about Gremlins too. Yeah, you know what? I realized I didn't, I bought that. That was on sale on iTunes, and I just realized I've not seen that since the, since uh, the day it came out. Mm, Which isn't that how it is with UHF as well? No, I've seen UHF well not a ton of times, but I've seen it a bunch of times since then. Yeah. I had housemates who loved to watch it all the time. Not that I love Gremlins. Gremlins Two is great, but it's one of those things where like like it'll be practically like a Tardy of the Party episode for me where I like I'm like watching I'm, like I barely remember oh, any I ha- of this shit. I haven't I haven't seen it in um, like twelve years either. Yeah, we still could. I don't, I don't even necessarily have to commit anything right now, but. Yeah, I couldn't remember if I was. I had forgotten. Uh, oh, exploding baby. baby. 
He's so moist. Yeah, you often do the stuff despite have never having seen the stuff. Maybe I'll just hand. Maybe I'll I'll commit to Clue, and if anything better comes up during the week, we can change it. But and Clue's good too. You like Clue, right? Yeah, Clue good. Okay. And yeah, it was Clue and Great Muppet Caper. I think. Oh the... yeah, I'm Muppet one. What do you? Yeah. And what's your what's your favorite Muppet, Muppet movie? Man, it's it, I've I've seen the Muppet movie recently, but I haven't seen a Great Muppet Caper since I was probably like ten or eleven. See, so that's like but your I watched it all the too. time. I, I watched all the time when I was little. Yeah, and I you know it's I, I know enough that I can do things that I've really done, you know. <laughs> maybe one I don't know, yeah, maybe we'll leave it up a little bit of a vote. Yeah, in between Muppet Caper and uh okay, let's see. Oh I know the other one uh okay, I here are three other options I uh, thought about too. Joe vs. the Volcano, have you even seen that? Yeah, but it's I don't okay, care that's for fine. much for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, I like Pee Wee's. It's Big okay, Adventure. but okay, that's a that that that's a no. Uh Hudsucker Proxy? No, not necessarily no. Well, not I haven't no, seen Hudsucker but... Proxy, okay. but it's on my list. Totally fine then. I will stick to Clue versus Wait, where's the editing button? Clue versus Muppet. It may just turn <laughs> turn into what I feel like doing next next weekend, as long as you have enough head up. Clue versus Muppet Caper. Hey, but it's the thing is, it's been long enough since I've seen Muppet Caper that I can't remember if it's actually as good or if I'm just misremembering it as being as better as it is. Because of course it's as good. It's the Muppets. It's the Muppets. That's the thing. Cause it's Charles Grodin. I love Clue, but like, there was a time where like I think I'd let Clue like get too big in my imagination. I went back to watch it someday. I was like, it's not that I disliked it. I was like, I remember it's, Clue it's, being sn it's, snappier than it is. It's cute enough, but it suffers from uh, something that weird that certain 80s movies has where it feels like it was edited for TV yeah. in some censorship ways. Yeah, I could see that. Like, they say certain words where they obviously said a harsher swear, but then they changed it in post. It's entirely possible that was gonna... Because they may have just assumed that with... When was that? That was like 1985, so that would have been a year after the PG-13 thing happened, so it's entirely possible that PG-13 came about while they were editing it. And so they could have, yeah. like, actually, like, in the editing crews, because, they, like, they would have probably assumed with all the murder and everything that they were going to get an, uh, an R rating. But once PG-13 happened, they may have realized, like, oh, we, we could actually broaden our audience here if we just, like, you know, cut down a couple squares. But I, you know, yeah, I might have to sit down and actually, like, flip through both movies to see how... how... Well, the other thing, the only other problem I had with Clue was also you and your beat beat-by-beat... Discussion of the con uh, of the <laughs> plot might start flying apart towards the end of that movie because when you're talking about like the three different explanations for all, because I've never understood at least the third explanation that involves all the different characters. The first two where it's all like uh, leveled on on one person's shoulder, I can get, but like I don't know if you wanted to go that in depth and like like have a conversation where we're trying to actually dissect what's happening in the movie mm. murder plot wise because i just it's a fun hangout movie you just like hanging out with those characters at least that's my perspective but yeah. anyway okay so maybe i'll just and yeah, okay it's never you're never bad going with more tim curry yeah exactly yeah man there was a, i saw something on tumblr today where they crossfaded from a picture and it was an animated gif of the grinch smiling doing his super mm -hmm. evil smile uh cutting to tim curry smiling in home alone 2 and they just point out mm. it's exactly the same image, and it's like, man, how did Tim Curry never even, know, never even know, end up voicing the Grinch in something, much less playing him in live action? But yeah. anyway, okay. But he also yeah. he also should have played the Joker. Oh 
well, that's. Did you ever hear that thing about how Batman? Well, we, did we talk about it? Well, yeah, no, the, yeah, in the end, I'm not. I'm talking live action. Yeah, that. I mean, he because he's got even got the face for it. Jesus, that's Christ, what I'm saying. Nice, they could have just. All he, he actually, I mean, Doctor Frankfurter with the red lipstick is already halfway there. All yep. he did, the doc, all he did, they just need to give him a, a green wig rather than a, a brown curly wig. But hey, anyway, we could start this because I know you got baby. We should get the ball roll rolling. But great guy, shaw on the roll. baby, up oh, baby, the, he pooping. Baby. Yeah, he's tired. He needs a night. Yeah, he had a long day. Yeah, babies always have long days. That's true, especially when you're baby. We can. You really don't understand the difference between day and night, so everything just blurs into one big smear of shit and screaming. Oh, such a schmear. Yeah! Bagel and I got a bagel! Except it's poop, and the bagel is your butt. 